Welcome to episode 4 of Wandering Swords, a Berserk podcast where we focus on the entire franchise of Berserk and in all of its multimedia incarnations, probably including the video game. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by Nick. How are you doing, Nick? I am very well, thank you, Dave. Good to hear. Good to hear. Because... The, the folks in what we will be discussing uh, have not fared so well, um, as I think will continue to be the case. This is obviously the most um, spirit-raising and not depressing story uh, in the world. It's it's a <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a uh, it is a pretty depressing story, but nevertheless, I am riding high because it's a good story, and that's what matters. It's it's a good story and it's just getting better. Um, everything's improving in leaps and bounds. Uh, we're, we're getting the the true measure, I think, of the band of the hawk, uh, which was sort of a sideline uh, to the focus on guts Griffith um, at all, and the sort of leaders of it. We're getting a little bit more of the not as much the rank and file. They're kind of just in the background still, but. Um, I think a, a better view of the the main core cast, which is appreciated because they were sort of mm-hmm. uh, left to imagination um, in the previous film. So this episode, we will be covering the second of the three films, the Golden Age arc, part two, Battle for Doldre, which was uh, it's a 2012 film. Uh, additionally... Which we've kind of been dancing around. Uh, we will be taking a look at this arc, this sort of mini arc through the lens of the 1996-97 uh, animated series, uh, which will cover episodes 11 through 19. So we are being a little ambitious today. However, we will not be going uh, scene by scene through those or panel by panel, but uh, more addressing the film as a whole and then the core differences uh, that the TV series brings to the table uh, and maybe how it does a few things uh, better. But we'll we'll get to that as we move through it. So mm-hmm. yeah, and <laughs> yes. there are some very notable differences between There's these two things. One or two, you. one or two differences. Um, Nick, this being your second film, yeah. uh, getting knocking two um, under your belt. Uh, how did you feel about this one as a film? Because now you have added context of the events leading up to this from the manga that we've just covered. Um, I felt basically the same way about this film as I did. The Egg of the King, I think that it really is successful as a standalone story. And I think it benefited from it being the first uh, iteration of this part of the story that I watched. You know, I watched this film and then I watched the show and I still have yet to read the manga. And it definitely stands on its own as a self-contained story. Um, It does have a lot of the same flaws that I think the first film had, namely its animation, which uh, <laughs> I continue to be pretty unimpressed by. It's, it's horrendously um, garish. And then just and... certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I think it's pretty bad. It looks pretty cheap. Um, and it's just not as impactful as what you see on the show. I think particularly the, um, the battle, the titular battle for Doldre that we're going to get to. Mm. I definitely, 
I preferred the way that it was depicted in the show. But, you know, the film is I think it just gets by on the strength of its story and the relationships between the characters. All that stuff is so it just holds such inherent interest that it's able to to stand up that way. It's just I would say that it's not it's not elevated by the filmmaking at all. Like it's I, I really can't think of any way in which it surpasses the the show, you know, whether it's the, the animation or the score or the pacing or any of that stuff. I definitely think that the show is the superior way hmm. to watch it. Um, not, not least of all, because there are what I would say are some pretty crucial character details omitted from the movie, which obviously they did for time's sake. But it, it really does feel like they're just sort of trying to hit all the major plot points without really delving too deeply into some of the character detail that makes the series. Mm. And I presume the manga so rich. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll find out the uh, next episode actually, uh, as we cover this one more time uh, for the manga, the kind of depth that is given to these characters. Um, one thing I will say just for on a personal preference, uh, Griffith's portrayal, uh, regardless of how I feel about his character, um, is done, I think, a little better in the film. Not his full uh, arc of what he's undergoing, but his um, his physical appearance, his like uh, wide-eyed um, androgyny, is sold. They they put a lot of effort into portraying that. His sort of physical charisma comes through a little more. Um, in the film, in the parts that aren't weirdly CG animated, uh, his, he's more, he's more youthful, um, like sort of eternally youthful, um, in the film. And that I don't feel that sold as well, um, in the animated version. Uh, and, and some of that is also due to the voice acting. He is a, a deeper, um, timber in the animated series, uh, than, than the sort of, higher voiced um version in the film particularly i think a lot of it has to do with his eyes there's just it's, it's something they, right. they sold they went real hard on making him have a very specific set of expressions which are given the same attention in the animated series but it just doesn't come off as as polished in my opinion yeah Sure, I, I, I can agree with that. He's definitely, um, I don't know if I prefer necessarily the way mm. that he's preferred in the film, but I definitely, um, I, I take your point. Like, I, there are definitely differences in the way that he is portrayed physically. Yeah, uh, and that, that was one of the few things. Otherwise, I would say on the flip side of that, um, Casca is given, like, the short shrift in the film. She's almost, uh, she's bordering on a non-entity. Aside from, well, this is a ridiculous handling in in both the film um, and the animated uh, TV series. Um, her oh yeah, battle failure. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But um, more importantly, what the film... Yep excises is like her entire 
personality, backstory, relationship with Griffith. There's just a lot that this does not even try to get into. There, there's, I think it gives a brief mentioning of it, but she spends a considerable amount of time talking about herself. She has more of a voice um, in all senses of the word in, in the animated series. So that's a good thing, and we will... Um, get to those differences um, as we progress through the events of the battle for Doldre. Yeah. It, they basically took the same route that they did with the egg of the King, where they pretty much excised all of guts backstory. Mm-hmm. It's a very important backstory from when, he, from when he was a kid and just sort of alluded to it very quickly. They yeah. really gave the same treatment to Casca in this film. And I think that um, while it's, it's, very important for Guts. We we will be spending more time with Guts as a whole, just because he's the lens that through the the that the viewer is you know absorbing the story. But um, for for all of that, Casca has an equally important place in the story, and for her to be like utterly almost sidelined um, in the film is like a great disservice. Once you understand like the context uh, that she's operating and it just gives a better view of why she's doing what she did. And that's, and that's the, that's the theme of all of this. Um, particularly these two, these first two films is why everyone is following Griffith. Like w- why they exist and what are their dreams? That's like the, the core moment that it um, spends so much time of its relatively short hour long runtime in kind of trying to deliver, but by virtue of chopping itself into an hour of content, uh, we, we, we we miss out on all of the really good and very important context that, uh, that is in the story inherently. Yeah, absolutely. The, a lot of this, episode is going to revolve around the way that characters, I would say, namely Guts and Casca, feel about Griffith, how they see themselves in relation to Griffith, and um, the the ways in which those feelings manifest, and how they end up dealing with those feelings. That's that's kind of like the central thrust of what this episode is going to be about, I feel like. Yeah, and that's that's good, because it's something that we were wanting to find out um in the first film and this does take time to address like some of that as we mentioned uh and another thing um that i and i I lost my train of thought there briefly let's see um i don't know what that other thing was we'll probably get back to it Uh, (laughs) so (laughs) this this kicks off um immediately uh where where the first film ended uh, which is to its um it's like a good accounting of it because it, uh, it we're limited in the amount of time that we'll be spending inside the film. Um, so they just had to, they excised of course too much, but they left the core of these, like the events that hit all the major plot points are present. Um, in this, uh, the, the temporal order of things is the same. The temporal spacing is not. So we, we aren't given a good accounting of time. And the point that I was going to make earlier has resurfaced. So what this film does and was sorely lacking um, in the first film and a little bit in, in the manga was it, it gives a, a, the brief 
opening credits crawl, the little uh, blurb on what is going on with this Hundred Years' War that I wanted. I wanted a location, I wanted some names, and a little bit of background on why people are fighting, what's going on. It takes a moment to at least give us that, which the first film did not. Yes. Yeah, I think crucially, because I was definitely a little bit lost watching yeah. The Egg of the mm-hmm. King, and I appreciated that this time around. Yeah, it was a nice touch. Um, it could have been lengthier, but again, the the movie has sure. a certain pace it's it wants to least. do. So yeah, we'll we'll in this portion not look a gift horse in the mouth and accept that they at least gave us that. Um, so what <laughs> is in fact going on uh, is there is this war between Midland and Tudor. Um, that has been going on for 100 years, hence the 100 Years War. Uh, it is the Kingdom of Midland versus the Empire of Tudor, uh, which is composed of, I guess, smaller sort of kingdoms, however they're doing there. They, don't, again, don't give us a full background, but we are told through um, the little bit of political intriguing that this film does kind of dip into that uh, there are troubles within the empire and the king of Midland is expecting the king and his ministers are expecting uh, any day now that there is a um, uh, uh, trouble within the empire and a battle for succession. So something's going on um, within mm. the empire that's a political turmoil, but we're not privy to, to that. Um, we are unfortunately only given a little bit of, um, I guess there's a, a local governor who's in charge of the, the specific Doldre, um, yeah, fortress, which we are also told was originally part of the Midland, um, kingdom and one of their strongest, or if not the strongest, uh, fortress in, in the country. But something that was taken away um, some time, uh, you know, an undisclosed time during the Hundred Years' War, and uh, Midland has been struggling mightily to uh, resume ownership of that fortress. But unfortunately, it is a it does what it's supposed to do and repels all invaders. And uh, the Tudor forces have thirty thousand um, men um, encamped within the fortress, and it is in fact one of their strongest strongholds uh, backed up by a mm-hmm. mighty set of cliffs and a large river um, on the plains. There's a sort of um, d- arid kind of desert uh, battlefield surrounding the fortress, which brings to mind the question, how are they supporting a 30,000 Arm, men army when there are no farms <laughs> or anything else in the area but i guess we'll just <laughs> never sure, have yeah. that answered <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah the um midland they definitely view doldre as like the most important remaining stronghold for them yeah. probably at least in part because of its um, it's positioning as far as it being like in front of a cliff and next to a river and all that there's just limited access points to it you know, which yeah. makes well, it a, I, I think it, uh, it quite became, a strategically It became the front place. line of the battle also. Like, without yeah. with that in the way, they can't go further, and it's already an inclusion into Midland um, territory. So they, they, mm-hmm. they have a very real need uh, to take back the fortress because it, it has become, well, it has become a giant staging point for a goodly portion of the Empire's forces uh, to sally forth 
um, unimpeded into Midland because they, they've been consistently sending people out and mercenary troops, uh, to take over little, um, forts. But those, uh, that progress, um, by the Empire has been over the last three years, um, being interrupted by the Band of the Hawk, who have steadily just been making a name for themselves in their, um, mercenary efforts and hiring themselves out directly to, um, Midland. Yes, yes, indeed. And that, uh, uh, that dusty desert arid environment is actually going to play into the hands of the band of the hawk, as we see later. Quite cl- yes. clever. <laughs> and quite computer filtery. Um with, with the one, wonderful <laughs> rendered guess, yeah. CG dust storms. <laughs> oh yes. Mm. Simply gorgeous. I know, it just it took my breath uh, away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I will say it, it t- yeah. Took my breath away too, but perhaps not in the way that they intended. <laughs> Probably not. I did watch this um, actually on a plane flight on my phone, which I think was part of me uh, kind of hand-waving some of the CG <laughs> because it was compacted into a smaller screen and not on a large HD screen at home. Um, it was less bothersome because it it was just smaller. Um, I think when you're viewing this on yeah, something the bigger, phone, uh, the flaws kind of become more apparent. Yeah, I can tell you, watching it on a uh, normal size TV, those flaws are noticeable. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> well, then maybe uh, maybe watching uh, the third movie on a phone uh, is the the course of action. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and and these are I'll, I'll we try should to find the said, smallest screen mm, possible. Yeah, <laughs> You're like well, I think I know what's happening. I'll watch it on like a, a, I could watch it on Apple Watch or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, oh, is every, that. everything's so crisp that I won't notice the bad CG. Yeah, yeah this is available <laughs> on Netflix, um, and at least the U.S. Uh, probably the U.K. Netflix too. So. If you're not already following along with it, they are there to watch and catch up with the third film uh, before we get to that in two episodes. Um, so we've we've set a little bit of the stage. Uh, the Band of the Hawk is dealing directly with Midland and the Fortress of Doldre, uh, having been besieged on multiple occasions and most crushingly for Midland uh, this last time they've lost uh, one of their um, preeminent uh, fighting forces, I believe this was the white. Is this the white tigers? I I don't remember. Oh, they have boy. they have don't a couple different me. forces. We'll just go. <laughs> it's the white tigers. Maybe I think that's who was sure, leading the group, sure. and he had to retreat because his forces were crushed. Um. So. Yeah. They're at a, they're at something of an impasse and, uh, the, the king holds a, um, a rush cabinet meeting. They're out, um, in the field and, uh, he has, uh, Griffith is at hand, um, as well as about 10 to 12 other, um, nobles. So Griffith, um, is allowed to be this because he was raised to the, um, he was raised in rank in our, in our last, um, stretch of story and is now uh it's sort of an honorary position um with with great um uh consternation on part of the other nobles who just do not want uh a commoner um in their midst um one who's not born of the blood uh and has um 
you know, this this is partially a meritocracy, um, at least on uh, that it allows for um, someone to be raised into um, peerage. But uh, yeah, he's not welcome here. Uh, however, uh, a few of the commanders do acknowledge that um, he is, in fact, quite talented. The king uh, has acknowledged that specifically because he you know, gave him rank. Um, and there's just a lot of trepidation on what to do uh, about about the fortress. They don't have a plan. They keep getting rebuffed. They're just throwing men away uh, because it's just too highly fortified. Uh, however, Griffith, um, like offhandedly, <laughs> this is, I think it's my favorite thing. He just like, I'll do it. Um, mm-hmm. like if, if the king says it all, we'll take care of yeah, it. Yeah. Everyone's just like, it's impossible. No one could single, no one could single handedly do this. And Griffith's just like, no, nah, we got this. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the best, like, not actually, he's just so, it's a quiet remark and he's not raising his hand. You know, there's no sort of like volunteering other than going, yeah, I'll take care of it guys. Just give the order. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a mm-hmm. good uh, way to insinuate himself. It's because he's not um, uh, of the band of the hawk. He's probably the most capable and suited to dealing with um, nobility. However, his methods, as we have seen, are um, no less subtle than Gut's big sword. Uh, his solution to anything, any kind of threat, is to just kill it. Uh, uh, be that as it may, it's not always by his hand that he works. Um, he prefers, I think, to remain kind of in the shadows, um, at least on that count, while uh, presenting a sort of mm, angelic uh, front to uh, to the world at large, and that's part of his charm that he holding holds uh, over the band of the hawk, and of course some of the um, nobles. It's, it's it's a small amount, but he is given some recognition uh, in this and some agency, uh, and his um, his sort of quasi volunteering um, is taken at face value uh, when questioned by members of this council and directly by the king who's like can you uh, can you actually do the thing and he's like yes we'll take care of it and he's of course given the order to do so mm-hmm. yeah um griffith very much a politician in this way i think hmm. he's uh um you know as as great as he is as leader of the band of the hawk and as a warrior etc he always seems to be one step ahead of the Midland nobility and anyone he would consider to be a rival. You know, he's always, he's, uh, he's playing 3d chess as they would say. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to see a little bit of that later, uh, in, in how he anticipates any threats to his power. Yeah. Any, any threats. Uh, and what I think is also, um, sort of admirable about this, and I use that with all the weight of the word because I don't I don't like it. Sure. Uh, but I will respect sure. his sure. Um, military ability and his ability to coerce people into doing what he wants. Um, but these things hinge on one important um, aspect, and that is uh, his plans need to go according to plan. 
Um, something within his character doesn't allow for failure or things to happen beyond what he expects. Mm-hmm. He, he he has a very real need for uh, validation in the form of success. And a glaring hole in his personage uh, is that if something fails or if something kind of starts to fall apart, he cannot cope with it. And it's super weird given everything else about him. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, he's it's not like a, it's a, it's a critical, critical flaw. And of course becomes a even worse thing for everyone concerned, um, which we uh-huh. will get to. But uh, yes, so they they get the go ahead. The, the forces. Yeah, and, and sorry, just to um, just to stop you for no, just to stop you for a second here. On that note of on that note of everything going according to plan and how he sort of has a very specific plan for how he wants to go about seizing control over Midland, which you know that's that's ultimately what he's he's aiming for here. Uh, the show actually opens up here with um, Charlotte giving this lodestone stone charm to Griffith. Oh, yes, yes, I did. I and did, uh, uh, that's yes. an important, mm. yes, that's an important detail because it establishes um, that, you know, he and Charlotte do have this connection. Uh, however, uh, however manipulative it may be from, from Griffith's end, Charlotte really does seem to sincerely feel for him. And also very notable is the fact that the queen is very, very deep, very displeased with this because, you know, Griffith is of low class. He's not of noble blood and she can sniff out his his machinations from a mile away. And this this scene right here is going to set up pretty much everything that's going to happen towards hmm. the end of this little run here. It does, and uh, um, what I really enjoyed, um, the Queen's performance aside, because she is all, like, theatrics, bombast, and, like, sort of melodrama, it's very good, uh, but the, um, I think it's called the, the stone, there's a stone of the king and stone of the queen, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. The, the st- there, there are paired yeah. stones that were made of male and female stone, like, just some sort of a tribute to whatever these stones are crafted from that is inherently male or female but the stone itself the effigy of this king that is um featured i i want to say um reflects is reflected in uh demon souls the arch stones um that you used to travel oh in plenty of places oh Okay, if it's not okay. if it's not direct, it's I feel that it's a very close pull because these are very iconic, like little little figures. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I could be off in that, that, but I I think that that would not be remiss um, as a as a point. Um, yeah, well, mm. as we've established, he did talk to Miyazaki, not opposed to just pulling directly not, yeah. think, from I Berserk. Think he so did, it I is think entirely he did possible. The thing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and it's a it's a sort of one off. It's an important scene um, because it's establishing further connection between Charlotte and Griffith. But um, it's also given um, it's giving us a little bit of world building. But it's it's a, it's just a taste, you know. It's not mm-hmm. anything um, 
incredibly succinct or I think even explored at all um, again after this. But uh, just just the fact that it's there, um, it's sort of a way that the religion and the iconography is um, is sprinkled throughout uh, the Midland scenes, uh, particularly in uh, the, the TV series. Uh, there's scenes in a, a sort of church um, with vaguely uh, Christian iconography, but something's different. Like everything, everything is um, it's weightier. Like things are literally like thicker versions of uh, sort of familiar um, icons, and uh, they're they're like nice little touches because it's it's doing that um, environmental storytelling uh, without anyone giving exposition into it, at least not um, at this point in time. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a nice detail. Hmm. And it's worth noting that, that it is not in the film because no. as we've established, the film was not interested in the details. The film is interested purely in the broad strokes. In fact, I think the queen is virtually a, a, like a non-entity in the movie, as I recall. I don't believe that she's in it at all. Maybe precursorly. I can't her being in it. I, I don't think so. Um, if she is, it's it's very you know it's very it's cursory. A, it's like, like they don't spend any time with her. Really, if if that's the case, she's definitely um, in the TV series. <laughs> very very clearly. Oh yes. So. Mm. And it's a great she has effect. Wonderful large hats. It's it's very good. Very good wardrobes. Choicing <laughs> yes. and um, great voice acting too. At least mm, in the uh, she's Japanese very audience. the. Um, I did watch one of the episodes in English uh, just because that's how it, how it fell out. And um, I like some of the voices. Some of the English voices are fine. And then others are just it. It was OK. It, it was fine. Um, mm. Nothing to nothing to write home about. But um, I, I'd been watching the, the film. Mm. Yeah, I haven't listened the TV to the series it. primarily in, in Japanese. So I'm just used to hearing those cadences. Um but yes, the queen is very, very threatening. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a, she's an excellent um, sort of foil uh, for Griffith um, in, in, the, in the palace intrigue department. But uh, yeah, it's the, the Charlotte exists within the realm of um, the movie uh, to, to to affect, um, not to large extent. Um, but mm. at at that at this point in time, yeah, there's no. I don't even think there's a scene. They're just in the camp and then in the battle. Um, the the mm-hmm. TV series takes a whole time to like sort of show them sallying forth and kind of gathering themselves to go go do the battle, and it gives us a little bit more time with the, the band of the hawk. Um, as I mentioned, on the whole, there's just way more time spent with them, which is good because you need to yeah. have. An emotional investment in these in these in this crew. For sure. I think, yeah, for I, I think agree. the story needs to, to do what they need to do. Yeah. And um yeah. do you wanna backtrack a little bit because um the uh the film like you mentioned the uh, the meeting they have about the uh the siege on Doldre or whatever, but the film actually opens up on um Adon. And uh, his yes. fight with with Casca here. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very important scene, which is uh, again kind of truncated. Um, 
a bit of a bit of the interaction between Casca and Adon. Uh, it's it's the same role, but I think the feelings the feelings of Adon as a whole are mm, well. He is a comedic foil. He's a, a fall guy. Like a, it's not. It's yes. not a lovable yeah, goofball. It's like is. an abhorrent goofball. It's a man that's nope. that's yeah. Just he's a misogynistic douchebag, but he's funny because yes, he's very like much a uh, personally inept, but uh, physically adept. I guess. Yeah, he gets owned a lot. Oh yes, all the he's time. very owned throughout the entirety of this. He is, and he's very he silly. And by the way, we should refer to him. <laughs> we should refer to him by his full title. Which is Adon, head of the Blue Whale Ultra Heavy Armored Fierce Assault Annihilation King Corp. Corp yes. Or rather, that's his yes. full title, as he says it. Mm. And I think it's given very um, important the uh, it's the Blue Whale Super Strong Heavy Assault Knights. I think is the direct translation of the Seigeki Chojuzo Moshin Gekimetsu Kishidan. We we get a lot of this. Um, and I, I think my fa- so he'll he'll speak in uh, the Koborowitz family secrets tone. He'll he'll kind of announce his special <laughs> moves that no one else does. It's just this guy. I love all this. I love all this shit. <laughs> it's, it's it's so ridiculous. It's super like not. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't pull you out of the story. It's a good comic beats. But they definitely feel like he's yeah, from a different show. He's from something else and put into this. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It, it is adding to that his whole goofball vibe, like you said, just by making him seem like a total dork. Because every time he busts out one of these moves, where he's like, "Yeah, this this insane uh, family secret where I uh, spin my spear above a head," it's you know. We've we've been murdering people with this in my family for a thousand years or whatever, and then guts or Costco whoever just immediately stops it easily. Yeah, it's it's, it's hilarious. Just it's him. kind of like the uh, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of like um, Julius and his whole family poison thing from the movie. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> you know? like it's exactly like, like that. It's it's that <laughs> just, but he's taking it to like a different level. He's he's put a personality around it. Um, like Super proud of it, mm-hmm. and they all like they're my all really stupid. Family, <laughs> we invented the idea. Of, yeah, he's like my family invented the idea of spinning a spear really fast above our heads. We did that. Yeah. That's us. Oh, it's it's Great. or or just like a lot of it's distraction, like ridiculous distracting techniques. It's basically the hey, look over there, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then shoot somebody. Um, uh huh. <laughs> It's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Funny. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a nice um, palate cleanser because everything else that this is doing is horrendous, and there's just a lot of blood, a lot mm-hmm. of blood going on. Here. Yeah, and he is. Uh, yeah, he's quite a misogynist. We should say he uh, mm. he insults Casca <laughs> by um, insinuating that uh, she gained her rank by sleeping with Griffith. And he tells her that he'll, you know, he'll, he'll spare her life so long as she joins Tudor as a, uh, a prostitute. Um, 
and he's yeah, just like it's, you know, he's just very dismissive of her in it, general for sure oh. and it's enough to make anybody mad and of course um this being casca she's she's not gonna sit down and, and take this slander mm-hmm. um yeah but i think the uh the elephant in the room is this portrayal of femininity and the uh menstrual cycle and the what it does oh, to boy. someone it's bad yeah so let me ask you this because I wasn't sure about this. Are we meant to understand that the reason she faints and all that is because she's on her period? Yes. Okay. I was. I, I she she may I have also had a was flu. Was in denial about that because she has a fever. So that's not a general. Yeah. Symptom. Um, but it's like they make they make such a big deal out of her period, and she just sort of falls faint out of seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah, it's not a good look. That um, it made me think that no, it just made me think that they were drawing the connection between the two, which is extremely odd and just not I, great I, in I general. There, I feel like there's some other like I think she was also like sick at the same time because she did okay, mention that maybe she, she physically will. had a fever and was sweating and had flu-like okay. symptoms plus she was definitely actually on on her her time of the month um but yeah. the it doesn't sell her being actually sick and is pinning everything on uh her her womanly troubles um it's not super great on i think the only decent thing it does is uh there are several characters and guts is kind of among them that acknowledge that um uh being a woman has its own has its troubles and makes certain parts of life difficult uh and that's that's fine um but they also package that in women should not be on the battlefield and are not yeah, capable think, fighters and are not as good as I men. Think, um, sure. Yeah, I think that a um a problem here is that I think with one pretty notable exception, every time Casca gets herself into some trouble, a man always has to step in and save her. Like even right now, Guts shows up and he deals with Adon. And I think like it would have played better if Casca had been able to defend herself. You know, yes, if she didn't need yes, Guts' if, help necessarily. <laughs> like, completely. So, it can take the time to acknowledge that, yes, women have their own trials and tribulations. Things that they did to deal with. Um, that can be difficult, but should be... It, it's something that... It's not a surprise. This is a monthly event and they've been with her for at the minimum on guts case three years uh i'm pretty sure that a mercenary band that's doing all this fighting uh that's gonna come up like on multiple occasions all the time uh and for it to be so significant at this point and and weaken her to such an extent i mean there has to be it has to be packaged with she was actually sick because otherwise it doesn't like make any sense um yeah, and it definitely is a bad look if that's the case. If 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 uh, if 
this is written that it's just her time of the month and she's completely like weakened by it. Uh, it's oh, mm, I don't think so. Um, and to to mm-hmm. be like reduced to no better than uh, like a child is what this is like put her mm-hmm. into. Um, just by virtue of like being a woman, uh, it's it's a little much, mm-hmm. and this did not sit well with me um, in either the the um, TV series or in the movie, and I'm sure it's going to be the same in the manga. So that bit that it's doing here, particularly when the the movie does not take the time, um, and it's not directly related, but uh, in developing her as a character outside of this, because the the, the TV series does it, it spends an awful long time, uh, an awful amount, a good amount of time uh, to give her space to speak and to tell her story and give you a better idea of Casca and, um, because of all of that, it makes the scenes where she's having trouble, uh, like worse because she's surmounted so many other obstacles. And why would like this, why this should stop her and make her ineffective is really stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's a captain herself, right? Like she leads yeah. her own, you know, small army of men. So she it just like seems a thousand a men. absurd that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems a little, little bit absurd that she wouldn't be able to defend herself in a situation like this. And like I said, I just think that, you know, a lot of this series is weird issues with women could be ameliorated somewhat if they weren't just being constantly rescued by men. Yeah, and I, you know, I it's, just it's, on recall, I think as it goes, it gets a little better in some respects to that, but we'll have to, we'll have to see mm-hmm. because my yeah. memory is not always the greatest. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, you still have that feeling of like, I like this whole thing. So you're, I, you kind of paint over bits that are troublesome and then kind of revisit, you know, it's good to revisit this and look very critically at it and, you know, address that it, that there are flaws. I mean, that's just any, any, any piece of media, but some of the things, um, are because of the nature of this being like grim, dark fantasy, it leans a little harder on um, kind of tropes that aren't the greatest sort of tropes to be dealing with in the first place. But, you know, we'll, we'll just, Mm -hmm. as we've done before, we'll discuss those when, and when just not yet, not when, and if they will occur when they occur, Um, there's again, there's some stuff that goes on later in this um, arc that uh, are also, uh, just morally troubling, but they happen. Um, but yes, so Casca, uh, is <laughs> stupidly weakened and falls off of a cliff, um, uh, due to, um, Adon's, uh, treacherous secret special move of shooting guts in the side with a <laughs> crossbow bolt. Yes. Yeah. Who could have thought of that? Besides, of course, the, only, what is the name of the family the, again? Co- the Korborowitz. Co- Korborowitz family? Who, yes. who except the Korborowitz family could uh, have formulated such a devious plan of shooting someone in the rib with a crossbow? I can only think of one man. The man who would come up with the incredibly new 
and unforetold technique of a pincher movement. <laughs> yes, right. This this series does so this this does some stuff. I'm just I'm just saying, wow. Uh yes, so guts both guts and um Casca fall off a very like guts just likes to fall off cliffs. He's done this a couple times. Um yeah, he falls off Loves a cliff. And thankfully there's a river and no wolves um at this time. And uh, they they survive it um much to Guts' uh, lament, not of surviving, but of having to, like, carry another person. They're both decked out in armor. Um, he's been shot in the side. The, the, like, the, the the bolt in the side is the least of his, like, he just pulls that out and is done with it, basically. Like, he's more upset mm-hmm. about getting dunked in the river um, than being shot in the side. <laughs> yeah, because now he's wet and cold. You know, yeah, and he has he has priorities. Forget being mortally (laughs) wounded and falling from an insane height. It's now he's wet and he's cold, and that's very unpleasant for him. Yes, I think that's unpleasant for a lot of people, and it's also highly unpleasant for um, Casca because she she is running a fever. I mean, that's not like in doubt, but yeah, yeah, we should say that. Like, just how he does related, it doesn't it doesn't say. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I'm not, I'm not. I don't even. I'm not even giving it the benefit of the doubt in this particular instance. I think that they just it's, <laughs> poor, it's poorly done. I don't agree with it, um, but yeah. it is what it is. So we will just mm-hmm. have to, to move along with it. Yeah. Um, this does lead to a uh, repetition of the time when guts was. Uh, injured by Griffith and uh, Casca spent the time to to keep him warm with her body heat. So we get a reversal of that. And probably one of my favorite images of, I think any time that Guts is resting or reposing with his, just the huge sword, it's just a good look. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's just like yeah, sitting just, in this like a bowl of a tree and like mean mugging the world uh, as it rains outside and he's just chilling there with the big sword. It's it's good. It's good guts look. Indeed. And we get it twice. We when we get a two for one special in this particular uh, arc. It'll, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen shortly. Yeah. Actually, it, it helps when he's shirtless as well. Yeah, you know that's not that's not going to hurt. He he. This guy, I think he works out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, maybe. Safe to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, so. They're, they're like, they're freezing. It's a crazy storm. They're on, uh, they're not really on the run technically, but they are in danger of being found out because, uh, as, uh, prior to them falling off the cliff, Guts dealt a, not final, but, um, uh, irritating blow to Adon. He, like, cut through his helmet and cracked his head, knocked out, like, half his teeth. Um, I think he also, I mm-hmm. don't, at least in the TV series, he, um, takes out his eye. So. Correct. Yeah. A- a- Adon is, is, he's incensed by this and has now dispatched all of his forces to take down Guts. One, I'm going to send 100 men to take care of one dude. Cause that's, <laughs> yes. cause that's great military great strategy. Yeah. But, and on that same uh, token. It's because you're mad yeah. that this girl escaped <laughs> from you. That's right. Um, and on that, on that same note, uh, when they're, when they're sent down river, um, 
Griffith is uh, loath to let them go. It's his two, basically his two sub-captains. But the the Band of the Hawk is being supported by the Midland Army um, for this particular battle. And he, the, the Midland forces are loath to lend any helping hand to just, and, and this is, this is a correct thing. You don't send large search parties after just two people. Um, however, they are two very important people. So it's kind of a, maybe you should at least send somebody, but not, you know, devote an entire, don't weaken, don't weaken your army for this. But send like a search party. You can send like six people or something. Um, but but guts does uh, not guts. Um, Griffith does send uh, some of some of his men to go, at least search for them. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think it was judo. Uh, yep. Went after him and uh, judo. Yes. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, uh, guts is tending to Casca in the cave. He uh, undresses her. And uh, he observes that period, like we mentioned, <laughs> and uh, she wakes up. <laughs> she does. So, and, uh, so in the yeah. TV, I mean, in the, in the movie, I I liked the handling of guts in the movie in that scene. It's because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, he he generally doesn't yeah. show much concern for people, even though he professes to to have concern for the man of the hawk. Because Casca's called him out on this before, saying that you just kill people, you just run off on your own, and you don't care about us. Um, and he's, he, he, he does, he cares about them in his own way. He also just likes to slaughter people. Um, but, uh, he's, he's holding concern for her even the whole time while like saying, no, I don't, you know, it's just, I'm just doing my job. Um, I don't have any particular feelings for you that his actions would say otherwise, at least on a professional level. Um, but in this particular instance, he like starts he kind of starts flipping out when she's when he sees he's finding blood like on her clothes. He's like, "Oh no, she's wounded!" He's like, "Oh, she's bleeding!" And you know, he's he's disrobing her to find the the well to get her wet clothes off and to find the source of the injury. And then he just immediately he's like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. Well, she's 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 not physically injured. Yeah, and um, so at least he's not like an idiot. But yeah, it's and still it's still kind of refreshing the, that he uh, like, like he's so it must be so hard for a flustered. Woman. Yeah, yeah. So he he does he acknowledges that. So that's fine. But then he he says other stuff that like he at least he backtracks on and, and, <laughs> yeah, and realizes he he's being this. stupid. So that's a, uh, a point in his favor. But he, he does yeah he does say like after she wakes up and she punches him in the face and all that and he's like yeah this is why women don't belong on the battlefield. Blah, blah blah blah. If you were a man, I'd dislocate your jaw, etc. So he's, you know, yeah. he's only so empathetic. Well, he like that. He says that, and then she's becomes visibly upset, and then he. That's when he starts backtracking on like, hey, it's like, okay, you know, I didn't mean some of that. You know, you're he. He acknowledges that she's capable, but at the same time, he's still kind of coddling sure. her. So I don't think it's it's a guts mm-hmm. like make it pick a pick a side do a thing <laughs> like just give her some respect come on um he, mm-hmm. he's trying i guess um we do get uh yeah probably but of probably anyone not, interacting not hard with, enough no not hard enough um anyone interacting with casca um at least in regard to this particular situation uh of the ones that talk to her i I want to say it was judo actually like 
is on the level. He's he's probably the best of these guys in regards to where he how he um views women. Like it's nothing but respect. You don't kind of see any uh shady behavior from him. Sure, he's probably the least cavemanish person out of all the uh the band yes. of the hawk. And I, and I, I would like to attribute that to his character and not that he's younger than the other guys and just hasn't learned horrible behavior. I think he's just a stand-up guy. So we'll, sure, yeah. Maybe we'll, so we'll take it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Rickard is also uh-huh. he's those two. Those are good boys, and and prob- yes. probably Pippin. I think Pippin's a stand-up dude too. He doesn't talk too much, so we don't get a full sense of him. But he seems like good people. Um, on the other hand, uh, Corcus, maybe the worst of the, <laughs> the yeah. worst of the offenders. But that's just him. He just rubs everybody the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got a problem with everybody, as we will see later. Yeah, but I think he's. I mean, it's kind of a front. It's just how he treats people. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyways. So yes, they they realize that there are um they're in trouble. They can't just uh hang out under the tree and uh recover. Um they are being pursued uh, hotly by Adon and his one hundred mm-hmm. men troop that he is um called into action to take out Guts and Casca. Um they're combing mm-hmm. the forest. I do I like the setting. I like this kind of forest. It's um, it's there's there's yeah, sparse really undergrowth. It's very mossy. A lot of good hills. Um, it's a it's a nice environment. Maybe not for battling as much, but um, just to look at. Uh, it's, it's pleasing. Um, I I did uh, in my youth spend some time in Europe, and I like this kind of environment. It's a it's a far cry from the the deserts of my usual home. So <laughs> I'll I'll take it even if it's in mm-hmm. uh fantasy uh version. Yeah, we haven't really seen them fight in this kind of environment yet. You no, know, it's, it's been it's, like open fields. It's most Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, and um you know, bef- before we get to all this, we should probably talk about um the fact that this is where the flashback happens. Mm-hmm. It's also she takes the time. So um, in the film, she get we get a I believe we get the little flashback. It's it's very short um, of her being accosted by some unnamed nobleman uh, mm-hmm. as she's like a young girl. Uh, and yeah. it's it's we don't really get much more information. No, than that no, in it's, the film. it's it's very, a very brief. brief. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is her. This is the occasion where she's she's at her defenseless at her most defenseless um the the it's a very much larger man um and uh griffith uh shows up and and, and intercedes in the very griffith fashion of uh just just enough to distract uh, the gentleman um while telling casca if she has something that she wants to protect she just needs to do it herself. Uh, and he, and he 
basically tosses her a sword and is like, if you want to not die or have this happen, uh, here's your chance. Do something about it. And she does. She uh, inadvertently or, in, or uh, advertently or inadvertently skewers um, the, the nobleman trying to uh, molest her, killing him. And then uh, as we are meant to gather, um, takes this moment to join up with, with Griffith. Um, this also pulls into question, like, how old Griffith actually is, because Casca looks about the same age as Guts. And we are meant to think that Griffith is also about the same age. But however, he, in this flashback of, of some years back, uh, t- 10 years, I don't know, um, he still looks r- roughly the same. Yeah, I have no idea how old Griffith is, straight up. I have no idea. I just sort of think of him as, like, being ageless in some way. Because he yeah, looks because it, it feels like that. Virtually identical mm. in any timeline. Yeah. I think that's probably deliberate. I think so, too. It adds it adds to his, like, androgyny and his mysteriousness. Um, but he definitely did yes. not look like a child. Yes. You know, he didn't look the same ages. He looked mm-hmm. old. He looked the same age. So he looked kind of 20-something, maybe. Um, but it was definitely uh, yeah, far I earlier. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's that's not something I don't think that gets elaborated on. So we'll kind of gloss over that just as the show does. Uh, what the mm. TV show does here, though, is spend much more time. We, we get a full casca history flashback and yes. her yes. her version of her life and her uh, how she grew up she grew up in a small um little farming village in like a, a valley surrounded by you know these huge kind of mountains and um the the harvests were poor um everything's kind of going wrong her family's struggling to make ends meet just to survive and a wandering nobleman comes through and offers basically to um uh, uh purchase her from her family um in the in the role of a um a serving like a, a personal servant like a serving maid. And so he buys her out and takes her, I guess, back to his manor or whatever race or he's on the road to do so. And then that's where we get the, the, um, the sexual assault scene. Uh, but, but we didn't have any of the other context yeah. or where she's from. I mean, there was just like young Casca. Okay. But the other stuff's kind of important mm-hmm. too, <laughs> because it forms, uh, that she's um, uh, a villager. She's you know can't really go any lower yeah. in in like the hierarchy. Uh, and her role in the band of the hawk, her abilities, her desire to be of use to Griffith, um, her personal desire to be seen as his his right hand, his sword, the thing that which um, he can use to accomplish his dreams. That's where she's placed herself. And that's also the point of contention that she has with Guts because Guts just kind of not of his own will, but of Griffith's acknowledgement sort of took over her position. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, the other thing that I appreciate about this flashback, the the piece of context that I think is valuable is the way that it establishes um, – sort of the uh the economic conditions that she comes from you know she's from a mountain village that is sort of sequestered and 
gets you know racked by by taxes anytime that there's battle and there's pretty much always battle so she and her family are pretty much kept perpetually in poverty for that reason yeah. and a little bit later on on, you know, yeah, after they're just a resource. The the Hawk, she know. sees other children who mm. are sold into, you know, sex slavery, essentially. And, and she reflects on the fact that if not for Griffith, then that could have easily been her, you know, because all those other children are probably faced similar circumstances where their families just in an effort to, you know, to survive this ruthless, you know, the war tax essentially have been. Yeah. Forced well, I mean, to give it's, up it's 100 their years war. And, this has just been going on for multiple generations. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just the status quo. This is life. This is how it is. But it doesn't like have to be though. She's in a position now uh, where she can affect change on just some small level, even. Uh, and that's part of why she's sticking with Griffith because he's intent on creating you know, this sort of utopian paradise kingdom, some obscure, uh, not, not obscure, um, idealized vision. Like we don't get, we don't, he, he like laid it out for us, but it wasn't, um, concrete. It's sort of an, it's an abstract dream, um, that he's striving for, mm -hmm. but we don't get like the detail, like the nitty gritty details. And you know, that, that's fine. Um, but I think this also is the part, uh, or it, ha it may happen later, but it's another flash cask of cascaback flashback. Uh, she is discussing specifically with, um, guts her, her relationship with Griffith, why the band of the hawks doing what it's doing. And, um, it gives us also context that is very sorely needed in the film, um, with, uh, Griffith's relationship and the band of the hawks relationship with the um the individual running doldre yes the governor yes so that yeah doesn't like extremely important <laughs> it's very important um so i guess just to just to set the stage uh they earlier before they were traveling so this is like four some four years ago um before they had uh had guts tack on to the band of the hawk um griffith was in need of war funds because he has a giant mercenary troop and it's not free you have to pay people you have to get food um, all, all the all the part and parcel of having a mobile army um and to do that you need money uh casca's um point of contention with this is they do work. They do good work. They get paid for the things they do, which ergo should fund the group to continue existing. Uh, and Griffith takes the time to say that, yeah, that, that's, that's a workable solution, but it's a long term thing. We have to do a lot. We have to keep winning, um, to do that. We can't lose. And as we fight, we keep losing people. Like that's just the nature of the beast. We are, people are going to die. I'd prefer that not to be the case. Um, it, if people have to die for my, my dream to come to fruition, I mean, that's, that's just going to happen, but let's keep casualties to the minimum because we have other ways uh, to gain money. And if I have to personally, uh, sacrifice things or, 
do what needs to be done to get funds, uh, isn't that better than sacrificing the lives of my friends and comrades? That's the speech he more more or less gives to Casca. And this is in the the, the framework and the context of this is that they had gone to um, he, I don't think he was the governor at the time. He's a, a, a lower rank, but um, a, a gentleman that was uh, war funding them in exchange for the nightly booty calls on part of Griffith because this guy um, has a fondness for young men. And so that's also not great, Mm -hmm. but um, it's a thing. And so, yes, um, Griffith is selling himself um, to fund Band of the Hawk. Yes. And this is really important it's this, this is highly and important and generally not in the movie yeah it's not in the movie at all they don't give you any of this backstory later in the film there's sort of a passing allusion to the fact that there's a personal history between griffith and the governor but they really don't hint as to what it is at all and it completely robs their final confrontation or what have you of all of that context that makes it meaningful. So I was very surprised to learn upon watching the series that this was the history, you know, and it's like, wow, that actually gives some much needed heft to, you know, spoiler Griffith eventually killing their governor. You know, he's sort of like and he's killing him, but it's symbolically shedding manner. this. Yeah. this yeah, he's sort of like symbolic, symbolically shedding this need to um, to compromise and to um, to be beholden to, to other people to meet his goals. I mean, he, he's literally phrasing their relationship, uh, which it wasn't a relationship to him. It's not a relationship. There was no love between them. Uh, but the, the the governor didn't see it that way. Um, and it's saying that, oh, you've come back to me and I, I spent, um, I expended the effort to make sure that my men on the battlefield would not harm you. Like I, I'm doing that for you so we can resume our love that we had, um, all those years ago. And Griffith, um, is the, the, he's like, I'm not mad at you. I don't feel anything for you. There's no love. There's nothing. Um, you are nothing. You, you are little more than a pebble on the side of the road um, that I happened to, you know, pick up briefly uh, for use. And now I, now it's time to cast you aside and put a sword through your. Yeah. And that happens in the show and none of Mm. that happens in the film. He just sort of kills him in the, in the, they, they have like the, the, there's the moment of uh, the, the governor going, Oh, it's, we meet again. And um, I, 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 I missed you. And there's the brief speech of you're just a pebble at my side and then stabs him. Like that's like the extent of what we get. Like there's not mm-hmm. – it, it, it implies that there was something going on but there's no context for it. And then this gives a very specific uh, – very specific context. And also if you yeah. – to um, Griffith, his habit of um, self-flagellation slash admonishment, he – will injure his own flesh in like atonement of things. He's not, he's not in a good headspace. I don't think he ever is. And that, that 
is just part of his character. He has his own flaws and they are large. Um, however, he's good at like putting the walls up because he's, he's divesting mm-hmm. himself to mm-hmm. Casca and like immediately just kind of turns it off. He's like, no, I'm fine. It's, we're good. Yes. It's like, uh, dude, you were just like ripping your own arm flesh apart. And then, oh, you know, now he's, he's fine. He's okay. He'll be fine. Oh, I God. I don't, I yeah. don't think he will. <laughs> I don't think he will. Yeah, that part is really remarkable, too, where he's sort of in the in the creek or what have you, and Costco approaches him to roundabout ask him about his relationship with the governor. And he's, you know, he's basically just like he, he doesn't he doesn't deny it. He confirms it. But you can tell based on his body language, the way that it's it's tearing him apart on the inside, because he's literally tearing himself apart on the outside as he's digging his fingernails in his arm and drawing blood it's like yeah, big really gouges yeah it's not uh, it's not striking. good it's not good my mom boy you need to yeah. maybe you should maybe you should find a different way to um earn some money i'm just i'm just saying <sighs> yeah it was tough. tough it's a tough it's a tough um it's tough but but it's it's realistic in as much as like that seems like a viable course of action you could do uh to fund things quickly um yeah but I it agree. Ha- and it's the, particularly the cost it has is not any less than the other options i think it's particularly realistic if you're griffith who has this sort of allure you know mm. he has this I mean, he's this weaponizing his own body. That clearly, other people find incredibly alluring. Yeah, he he knows uh, how so to that's use it. Just, <laughs> in this instance, that's you know, just one more weapon at his disposal. Yeah, but right? unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword um, because it's it's not good for him, and it's hurting him, and it's hurting everyone else in the yeah. process. It's yeah. not. Uh, it's not like a one and done. He can't just do this and ex- there's no repercussions. There is like heavy toll to, to his actions. And these things feed into, um, ultimately, uh, uh, what his path starts to become. As I mentioned before, when something goes wrong outside of his plan, he cannot cope with it. And it's bizarre because he should be the person that is the most flexible, but because he's not, he's, He's a broken man, kind of, just on the whole. Um, we need the context to show that. The, the, the movie does not give us this deep of an insight. You don't get... Um, so when things start to fall apart in the film, uh, it's, a, it's a weird, like, surprise. You're just like, why, why are you... What? What are you doing? But... Because this has these kind of scenes, you can go, oh, well, this is not a, um, this is not out of left field. This is a long time in coming. Things have been going sour for this man for a very long time. And, um, all the successes, all they serve to do is make the fall all the harder when it happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's the kind of, it's the kind of character stuff that, the film is sorely lacking in my opinion. Mm. It just everything, everything that happens makes a lot, lot more sense on that level. If you've seen this backstory that the show provides you. And this is, this is just one, one such example of that. 
Yeah. Th- there's other things. And, um, that I think, uh, wraps up most of the, the Casca backstory and brings us mm-hmm. to the yes. wonderful, wonderfully orchestrated battle in the woods between Guts, Casca, and 100 angry dudes. And of course, Adon. <laughs> and Adon himself. The man Ooh. himself. The man, the legend. <laughs> yeah, what? and we should probably say um, <laughs> our boy uh our boy Samson does not make an appearance in the film. No, and it's but, uh, it's like uh, he's there in the show. I it's a weird omission. Like I don't think it would have extended anything by by much at all. The battle pretty much goes almost scene for scene. It is how it progresses, but it it gives a little bit more. um, It's not really pathos. It just gives a little bit more to Adon and his Koborowitz family and the large man in armor fighting slightly smaller large man that we come to expect. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to say I don't don't mind this emission so much just because there is a formulaic quality to the the fight scenes in berserk where it's like guts is confronted with some like big dude in armor who's like ah you couldn't possibly defeat me because i'm larger than everybody else and i have a badass weapon and then guts and easily defeats him and there's just a lot of stuff like that you know like we've already encountered quite a few of these like big armored mini boss types and it it like it, those guys are cool but it it always plays out very predictably and so i wasn't really i wasn't really mad that the film decided to cut to the chase with this and just have him fight the you know adon and his army and whatnot yeah it's not it's not my, like an important my, my um omission like this of the things they cut out uh this is it's fine um I liked his armor. I think he was like a uh, anglerfish, I believe. And, um, <laughs> yeah, Adon and does way, wear shark armor. Yes, and by the way, they do make it a point to point out that Samson's armor is three times as thick as anyone else's, which seems unfair, frankly. Like no it, it wonder does, he's such a but, badass. Yeah, and I, and I believe, and I now I do not recall whether it was in the TV series or the film, but Guts takes the time to go, my sword is three times thicker and three times heavier than any other blade. I think it's in the, the, the show. Um, yeah, it, it does do that. And there's also the, uh, when they get to Doldry, they make a point too, at least in the show of saying, like, the walls are twice as thick as anyone else's. It's like, wow, this is how, this is how you convey that uh, yeah, everything is just somebody's unstoppable force as if, <laughs> if they're three times or two times thicker than everything else. Yeah. And, and nevertheless, funny, Guts funny. just cuts through things, and he cuts like a lot of <laughs> a lot of suspicious metal yeah, things with his like blunt blunt sword. <laughs> he even says, "My sword is blunt yeah. right now," and he's still. I mean, because uh, he rested on his shoulder, like he he just the naked blade mm-hmm. on his naked shoulder yeah. quite often. Uh, yet he can cl- when he cuts people in half, they're not like naked dudes. It's dudes in plate armor, and it just goes through them. Because he's guts, yep. and that's what he do. Cut man in half. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and I do like I do like this battle a lot in the show. Because for one thing, Casca does do a little bit of fighting here. She uh, 
she actually slices one guy in the armpit, which is like, oof, that's nasty. Like she just drags her sword along his his armpit, and yeah. that was just like, oh, ooh, I don't like that. That that doesn't feel good. And then uh, there's also a really funny moment where Adon asks his group of guys there, so like, hey, hey, like after Samson is dead, he's like, hey, doesn't anybody want to defend the honor of my younger brother Samson? And he's they're just kind of like, uh, we're mercenaries, dude. <laughs> like we don't. Yeah, we don't really care about really that. Care. And he's just cut like fifty dudes in half. We don't really so care about your brother, maybe my guy. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was very funny. I do like oh so um this this comes up into question like immediately on any of the large scale battles and any of the battles why do do they not have shields yeah that would save like yeah. a lot of lives and there's a lot of arrows a lot of things happening where they just have swords that is the stupidest thing. uh I just I I, I do follow <laughs> along with a few um uh medieval like youtube channels where they just specifically discuss like weapons and tactics and shields are pretty indispensable like you can do a lot with just even like uh, a buckler um and in large formations uh, being rained down by arrows you think they they have siege engines that's cool they have cavalry they have a lot of they have everything else but it feels like um, Mira was like, well, if they have shields, a lot of people would, a lot of less people would die. I need more casualties. Let, the shields just don't, they're not a thing here. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what they don't have is a, uh, a brilliant family like the Kaborowitz to invent <laughs> the idea of blocking someone's sword. So, you know, in the, yeah. the world of Berserk, they're just waiting for that. That they, genius to come along. That, they are. Uh, that brilliant and, tactician. And Adon could have been that man. But <laughs> but sadly, his his uh, meteoric rise in the history books was, was cut short. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just driving me insane when the the armies were fighting. And it's like, arrows are right down. It's like, um... You can block them with your little sword, maybe. Yeah. Um, and arrows seem pretty effective. They're mm. just going through plate and going. Just, they're not even finding soft spots. They're just murdering people. Right? Like guys. Yeah. I guess the the plate armor they have is uh, apparently made of styrofoam, as far yeah, as I can tell. It's, it's oh, crap. Because it's everything crap just cuts armor. right through them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why even? Yeah. It's it's the same it's as like, like the stormtrooper armor. It's not blocking uh, blaster bolts. Why are you even wearing it? <laughs> why no, even wear? Not it? in the budget, I guess. I guess not. It's too. It's too funny. Yeah, that was just that was a question I was saying to myself. Why? Why not a shield, guys? This would be <laughs> a lot different. These battles would just go completely differently if you guys had some shields. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's just it would like... Also, from an animation standpoint, just, mm. a, just, just one more point on that. From an animation standpoint, I would think it would be easier because then you could just like... You would have to draw, draw less human. Yeah, you're you know blocking I mean? like, you off just, a lot more things. Like, have shield. a bunch of people covered up with shields, which are a lot easier to draw, you know? Mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, seems like well, a missed opportunity. It'll... We'll never... We'll never know, I think. Um, yeah, so... 100 100 dudes guts kills them all by himself because they follow the wonderful movie logic of attacking like one or maybe three at a time 
Yes. They literally could have just they could have just swarmed a hundred dudes could have <laughs> swarmed him. It would have been over. You can't you can't swing your sword in a, a sea of bodies for long. He might he, he's uh, gonna get a couple. You gotta of them, wait, maybe. Turn. You have to wait. This is, there's honor in this fight, and Adon would not mm-hmm. stand for that dishonor against the Koborowitz family name. Uh, he just he can't yeah. do it. It's just yeah. rude. It's just rude to attack yeah. all at once. He has standards. They're shitty ones, but mm-hmm. they 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 do exist, and he has to adhere to at least this code of battle. Yep. I and, mean, he's uh, specifically like when he's fighting Casca, both times. I mean, he's fighting her one on one. Like that's just the thing. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. I mean, of his crappy traits, like he at least has one redeeming quality, um, and he's like mildly humorous. So uh, th- there's that. He he has a, a weird, vague, chivalrous code. Uh, he's kind of a douche, but um, at least he has that. <laughs> and he was gonna yep. invent shields, but he he didn't he didn't make it. Uh yeah, and uh, you know, in this case I'm sure that Guts was very grateful uh for the opportunity to take them all on one on one because he uh rips through them like butter. He goes absolutely batshit uh on this whole army. Berserk you might even say. You might you might <laughs> say you might say that on uh it, it be army. Um and yeah, he uh, he pretty much takes care of all of them and uh, sustains minimal wounds, from what we can tell. He's definitely a little banged up, as you might expect, but um, you know, they're they're flesh wounds for the most part. Maybe not the hand one. That was kind of that was pretty badass, actually. He gets shot through the hand, leaves the bolt in there, and then just like kind of semi crushes it and then Adon's like there's no way uh, a man can wield his crazy huge sword with one hand and I, I thought I thought this was going to be a prime opportunity for Guts to do the biting and just like hold the sword yeah. in his mouth and spin oh. spin to win if only there's a severe lack of sword mouth content in this episode uh, yeah and, um, yeah I think incredible. we get some in, we, we get some in the TV series I think Casca or somebody. I thought so. I thought it was in this episode. Huh. Pretty I sure she stuck that. somebody in the mouth. Yeah. Oh, somebody yeah, gets yeah, stabbed yeah. somewhere. She... Yeah, yeah. In in the film, uh, Casca does. She ends up stabbing Adon through the mouth. That's yes, correct. That's, I, 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 knew, I knew somebody. I take, it, I take it all back. Found the wrong way to bite a sword in battle. <laughs> it yeah, it's not the way it happens in the show, but uh, no. that is a. That that is a um a point in favor of the film. Yeah, yes, it had the one redeeming quality of Adon biting a sword wrongly <laughs> in battle. <laughs> yes, I was a fan of that. Uh, although what happens in the show is a uh, is also pretty cool, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, uh yeah, the band of the hawk. They um they come back and they uh they find pretty much everybody slaughtered and guts is just sort of hanging out near the tree. Yes, it's a very um what this calls to mind, which I didn't think of at the time, but uh, um in Dark Souls two, the the vanilla version of it, not the scholar of the first sin, uh, they have the um Hade knights sitting on a tree holding their sword like this. Like when you first encounter them, they're kind of just yeah. chilling, uh-huh. sleeping on a tree. It's very this right, pose. The one in, uh, 
in a forest to the fallen giants right there. Yes, yes. And that's that's what this and they, 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 climb up the ladder and just mm-hmm. And they're sitting on a tree much like this, and it's very it's a mm-hmm. good call out to I think this scene. Because there is <laughs> it's it, they're sitting on a tree sure, and they're yeah. surrounded by dead bodies. It's literally Listen, this if scene. it <laughs> if it can be interpreted as as a uh, berserk reference, you're probably safe in assuming that it is with regards to uh, the From Software canon. Oh, for sure. It just it just raises like already the enjoyment I have for that series, and <laughs> just reframes a few things. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it is. It it's... is very fun as somebody who has like a lot of time in Dark Souls. Uh, it is it is a lot of fun to go through and just see little things that were clearly points of influence. Like, I don't know for a fact, but um, the governor's armor, at least the way it's depicted in the show, definitely reminded me a lot of Ornstein, like where it's like all the solid gold and then it has yeah. like the big red plumage on top. He looks like fat Ornstein to <laughs> me. Like that's what with, he looks like. With big beard. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah. But anyways, mm. tangent. Um. So... Yes, they find him there, and uh, they think he's just... He fought the good fight, and he just didn't make it. And we get the wonderful, like, shaking, shaking, shaking by Casca, and Gut's just like, I'm I'm not dead. If you could stop shaking me, you're, you're like, opening all my wounds. Um, and then <laughs> the... It's not a tangent, but an explanation of this is the film brushes this all aside he's like he's injured but it's he'll be fine it's just a thing the tv series it's this is like a serious he was you don't fight a hundred dudes and like get away unscathed he is out of the battle he's down for the count he needs to be taken off the front lines uh given to like uh like i don't remember the ultimate bed rest or some weird like phrase like the thing yeah. that the, the surgeon mm-hmm. gives and he is like jacked up he's c- covered in huge new like the the sweet classic frankenstein scars um he took a beating um and murdered like 100 dudes but uh yeah he's he's out of commission for the the upcoming battle um, that's not, of course, sitting well with him. He's not going to take that line down, literally. Uh, but more to the point, uh, Casca is, uh, become highly concerned with Gut's state, uh, given that he was specifically, um, sacrificing himself for her to, to flee to safety. Um, she's not taken that, yes. um, lightly, uh, regardless of her, her general feelings toward him. The, those things have kind of shifted. And we do get, um, judo uh kind of talking to himself um about casca and how she's behaving and how she's changed um in previous times how the the way she's behaving is just not usual casca and it's not just because she's having her time of the month it's just a general personality sort of shift um but judo uh gives her yeah. Uh, a, a pouch of um, fairy medicine. Something that I think uh, is probably priceless. It's very expensive at the minimum. Um, 
because it is pretty much uh all an all healing um uh, uh salve that Casca takes to guts and puts on his wounds and they're just basically they they stop hurting, but what they did visually was after this, those scars are just not they're gone. Yeah, that was pretty intense, I gotta say. At first I just thought that, you know, she takes the medicine from Judo, uh, good guy Judo, and um, she puts it on him and Guts is like, yeah, the pain is starting to go away. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just like some sort of like, I don't know, some sort of pain relief. Uh, but no, it, it appears that it, it has accelerated the healing process somehow. Pretty intense. Yeah, he like looks fine um, afterwards. And I gotta <laughs> say, like- yeah, and um, I, I gotta say, I really, really love this scene up here by the tree mm. overlooking the camp. I think it's wonderful. It's one of my favorites so far, probably. It, yeah, it's good. And I, and, I want to um, say this is the same one where um, – is this the – I think this is – yes, this is the Campfire of Dreams. This is episode 14. So um, – Campfire of Dreams was the the the, the, the titling of yeah. this because they both take their time to um they're they're relaxed around each other and guts is um he's foretelling his goals his change of attitude the the plan that he has his quest to find his own dream he talks about this in the battle like when he's fighting the one hundred dudes he's He's saying that, you know, is this all I am? Am I just – I'm swinging my sword mindlessly. And sure, it's working, but it what it doesn't even matter. Like these – he does, this isn't his words, but they, like, they might as well just be ghosts. Like nothing uh, – it, it has an outcome, yes, but he's not gaining anything from it. It's not advancing him anywhere aside from just snuffing out like lives. You know, it's it's not propelling yeah. him towards some end, aside from the end of him just following along with uh, in the shadow of um, Griffith. But here, when they're overlooking the camp, um, and and you get all the individual lives and lights uh, of the band of the hawk, and he is acknowledging that. Um, you know, he's giving small examples of people like, oh, when they get back home, they'll marry their sweetheart or, you know, just things like that. And he's like, they all have dreams. And some of their dreams may be stupid or futile. Like they may just we, – we're in a battle. We could just die any day. You know, these – they're not um, always tenable things. But they have them. Uh, and that gives him a time, like a further chance of reflection. Like I don't have – my own thing I want to do. I'm doing someone else's dream and that's not maybe what I want. I thought I did. I thought I wanted to just do the thing and just follow, follow Griffith. And everything will be fine. Um, but ultimately what, what Griffith was talking about at the fountain when he was speaking with uh, Princess Charlotte was that he wanted someone to respect and guts, uh, in his current state doesn't feel like he can be that man. He needs to kind of go find himself. And he shares that with Casca, uh, and basically is saying that he's going to like, this is his last fight. He'll stay. They'll do the battle at Doldre and provided everything turns out. He's that he's done with the band of hawk. He's going to go find himself. Yeah. Um, this is the first hint. This is the first hint that we get that guts is considering leaving the band of the hawk. Mm. And it's, it's really important from a character perspective. Um, 
because, you know, he observes that Casca and Griffith and really everybody in the band of the Hawk seem to have more purpose in life than he does. And that, you know, him killing 100 or 1000 men won't be as as meaningful as what they do. And that's where we get the whole thing about how, uh, you know, the whole metaphor about him looking down at the camp and, uh, you know, from atop this tree and he's seeing their everyone's hopes and dreams with every flickering light. And that's where we get the line from Casca, like a bonfire of dreams and guts continues the metaphor uh, in what I, I, I some writing that I really enjoy here, which is that they are joined by the strongest flame of all, a powerful flame called Griffith. Mm. And he observes that he says, as you won't find my flame among them. I guess I'm just someone who stopped to warm up by the bonfire. You know, it's yeah, it's 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 a it's very it's the most melancholy that we've seen guts by some by some margin here. You know, it's and he does some reflection about how you know all all he's ever done is fight for as long as he can remember, and he just says flat out, he says, "I've never had anything except my sword." It's and, he, and it's and it's like you know, beyond it's that, that beyond that the dream as well yeah. even because yeah, he's like yeah. I mm-hmm. I was raised in a mercenary camp and my stand-in father he didn't bother to teach me anything else other than how to use a sword like that's all I got and that's all I have and I need I want I'm I'm at a point where I realize I actually want something more. And I can't find that here because all I'm doing is using my sword for someone else's dream. Yes. And and that's not exactly. um that's not a thing that can like sustain me and it doesn't bring um other people like happiness. Like I don't get the respect I get a respect of a certain kind, but I can just go murder people anywhere. You know, I I want something more Mm -hmm. for myself and to be able to stand at Griffith's side as an equal and not uh, um, uh, like a war dog, I think was the analogy like they had used previously. Yeah. Now, this is very important. And Mm -hmm. again, utterly just this does not exist um, in the space of the film. We get we get some of this talk later. Um, briefly, uh, but it's not um, it's not this affecting, and the the TV series also does the later talk too. So I think they just use that in lieu of this very important like character defining moment on, on both parts of Gus and Casca yeah. because this this gives yeah, it is her important. space to like understand him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's uh. It's also, I think, important in the relationship between Guts and Casca because Guts sort of resists the idea that he killed 100 men just to protect Casca. When he's telling like, himself in otherwise, fact, that is that is kind of yeah, that is kind of what happened. Like you know, he's he did go out of his way to nurture Casca you know, sort of bring her back to health somewhat and face this army of, 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 of guys, you know, for, <laughs> you know, at he, least partly, you know, for his own survival, but for her benefit as well. But he's yeah, not, but he, he literally she points tells this out her, to him and, and he, go ahead. Yeah. He, yeah. He, 
he I don't think he I I think it's obvious that guts and we're going to get a little bit more of this later has some some strong feelings for Casca. I think they're he's they're just sort of starting to to spring up for him but he he can't really he's not really ready to admit that from himself and he just sort of insists that it's in his nature to 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 do this <laughs> this level of violence. Um, yeah. So I mean, he he's framing it as I can't um, I can't do this thing while I'm protecting you. Like you're you're slowing me down. Your your hold your your sickness is holding me back in our in our attempts to like survive. But on the other hand, he's literally going. I'll hold them back. You can escape. You know he's he's couching right. it in that like uber manly sense whilst while really meaning i'll hold them off you go save yourself i mean bring back help that'd be great but i'm doing this really so you can live and i'll just try to like finish the job here yep and um just one last thing about this scene that I love uh, is the score. It has that piano theme that shows up from time to time with mm-hmm. the um, the sort of sort of the echoed out reverb voices that is uh, just really emotional and it, it serves as a really effective underpinning for some of the more uh, contemplative scenes in this show, and I think it, it really adds a lot. Yeah. One um speaking of the soundtrack, one thing that I was surprised to find and like saddened that it was missing was when uh Guts was doing the assassination mission and we get the wonderful blood and guts and guts and blood refrain. I wanted that to happen like the midway point of the battle when he's fighting the hundred dudes. But it it did not. So I was like, oh yeah, come on, put it in. It would have been perfect. <laughs> would have been really they great. just didn't use it again. And um I wanted that to be like his just like do your job like song. Um but yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't get that. We will, however, <laughs> yeah, sure. get that in the nineteen uh twenty sixteen series uses that as his refrain um on, on more occasions. But that's also because Oh. I think it's his it's a trans transitionatory song. It's it's the song of him as the black swordsman and not as just guts band of the hot guts. And that's the same kind of thing where um the, yeah, the manga sure. even would show uh him even when he was younger as a child and then give like a frame or two of like adult guts face expressions. So we get small moments of the man that he will become couched in his sort of like incomplete form here. Because he's getting stronger. Yeah. Like not not just yeah. it's like yeah, not only physically but emotionally. He's becoming more who he needs to be. Stuff will happen that like kind of arrests some of that. But um on the whole uh, his character arc is like, it's kind of truly beginning here. Like, this is the moment that, um, he has to make a choice. I mean, literally, uh, to stay or to go. And 
we will find out exactly what he what he chooses to do. Um yeah, so that wraps up that wraps up the bit with um Guts and Casca. We will we will never see um Adon again. He's just a one off character. You know, he doesn't show up anymore. Um No. No, that's that's <laughs> not what happens. Um and no nope. uh so I think this kicks off um with them going to this does like the um the meeting and guts volunteering to go take the the, the man of the hawk to to go after Doldre. Yeah. Yes. This is chronologically when that happens yeah. in the film, right? Um so yeah, and then we go to the next little bit here, which is uh which is General Bos- Boscone. Boscone. Mm. I don't I don't know how you pronounce um, his name, but he's uh he's sort of Rep- he sort of reprimands Adon for sacrificing so many men just to uh, settle his score with uh, Casca and Guts, and he yeah essentially uh, bo- Boscon um, Boscon he likes yeah yeah and he like strips him of a rank it appears mm. or at least in in like, the TV show is that does that happen in the TV show yes. I think yes. I haven't. I think I haven't noted here that it happens in the film, but maybe I got it confused. I want to say it's the TV show because in the okay, TV show, sure. um, uh, Adon Adon comes back and he has that like half face mask covering his like missing eye with like little spikes on it. Looks very Conan. Um, yeah, because Adon is yeah, they kind of an Arnold Schwarzenegger like stand in that's what they're they're playing with that a little yeah, bit i think is. with his haircut he looks like an american here yeah yeah so he that um, yes he uh he heads back to the to fortress after his um defeat after and he gets lambasted because he just spent 100 mercenaries on trying to kill two dudes or two, you know, two, <laughs> two, no, two, two, two people and so yeah, busk yeah. busk this is when buscon like He's mad at him, grabs his Bardish and like slaps him, <laughs> and he makes um, Edon like roll down the stairs in his armor. And he's like, "Yeah, you're 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 demoted to like just you need to sit in the in the fort. You're gonna you're gonna protect the fort. You're you're stuck at home. You can't go back yep. out." Um, yep. In the in the film. This isn't what happens. In the film, uh, we clearly have, um, Edon, uh, is, is, uh, there when the Bandahawk arrive to, to find Guts because they basically, um, it's not, they, they take him and it's not really as a hostage, it's for a specific reason. And this, is one of the things that the film does, which I liked over how they handled um, Dildre in the TV series. I don't think that their plans were... It's a better military tactic what they did in the movie versus like the kind of hope that Uh something might work in the TV show because that's kind of what happened. They were... They're using the desert to the effect, but the the movie gave a very specific, we have these chess pieces, we will use them. 
plan. Like it felt more like an actual plan versus the TV series going, mm, we'll try to be sneaky, I guess, while <laughs> they're distracted. <laughs> yeah, we'll just appear out of the dust and yeah. uh you know and, ho- and hope the yeah, like the sally thing. the sally port is open i don't know what that's weird like the side door was right. just left open which it definitely should not have been open during the battle but you know whatever seems like an oversight mm, especially for an in, like impenetrable fortress that's been di- repelling people for a hundred years <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, that that's my that's my one nitpick I think with the TV TV series. Uh, so yes, they they're they're doing, or they will be doing the battle. We have that giant the, the lambasting of um, Adon by Boscon, who's um pretty cool dude. I like his design. I'm trying to I can't think of who he reminds me of somebody, but I don't know what. I can't place it. Um, Is it a Street Fighter character? It's not a Street Fighter character, but that's not like far. He okay. he is kind of, I guess, I don't know, um, Sagat ish. Maybe <laughs> that's not who I'm sure. thinking of at all, though. Um, something from somewhere else. <laughs> you, you know, um, it's a little bit, uh, and I get their names reversed all the time. Um, Keith David, I think, is who I want to say not david keith because it's two different actors okay I'd... so the guy the right, guy that right, voices right. Goliath, imagine keith david it's the guy that voices goliath the guy that voices who? gargoyles G- goliath from the gargoyles oh show. okay all right a long time ago I mean, he's an he's just i don't, an I don't know gen- that i know what he looks like he's a general actor too i mean it doesn't matter um there's that's that's still not uh that's not who i'm like reaching for in my mind but the closest because of his cadence of his voice. Um, but yeah, so, um, Bus, Bus Con is, uh, a f- he's more of a physically imposing man than Adon. Adon's not a small guy, and Boscon is like just huge and has like the biggest armor in the world. The giant yeah, armor. Another big armor guy. He's a, a big way. armor dude, but he's like, more svelte. He kind of reminds me of an Aeon yeah. Flux character or something. I think that's maybe where I'm trying to go with that. He he looks like he's kind of wiry, but still, st- it's a weird, like, slender, but strong, and then just has huge armor on, too. That's what, that's what it feels like. I guess another, like, va- yeah. va- vaguely uh, Xerxes from 300 kind of feel. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know where I'm. Yeah, I, I, like, I can see that. <laughs> I got a vague. Like, the thing I want is not. It's not. I can't grab it. So we'll just. That's the closest. It's fine. Thing. I think. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll forgive you this time. Just we'll forgive yes. you for not making a. Uh, I know. I exact direct, comparison this time direct reference next time. Um, but yes. So Boscon <laughs> is. He's. I think this is a man who can do his job well. But. Uh, the his his direct um boss, the governor, is just he's in it. The governor is in this for the booty and cannot like that's interrupted his um battle tactic like sensibility. And Boscon is trying really yeah. hard to like keep things in line, but the governor's just not having it. 
He mm-hmm. he needs a piece of Griffith one more time. And Boscon's like, you know what? We could just like yeah. we could we could solve just... a lot of these problems if we just let me fight my way. <laughs> like let me do the thing. <laughs> and I'll take care of it like I always do. Yeah, here's the thing, like in uh in the film, the governor makes it clear that he wants Griffith captured alive, but we have no idea why. We don't we don't we don't know what it's for. We can you know. guess because the governor's surrounded by like an entourage of half naked young people. It it's I guess. Not, I mean I certainly that there. wasn't the conclusion that I jumped yeah. to I watched it. You know, it wasn't until you know I like that that definitely it wasn't until I saw the show that it, it all made more sense, but I was not able to uh infer that from from just I, I this could, one scene I could here. feel it but I think that's because in the back of my mind from years ago I like I have some of the stuff just like in my head so I kind of know bits of it even if I've forgotten yeah. it immediately but that that's still mm-hmm. it was a smarmy it's not a it was the way he talks the the governor his his inflection in Japanese and the things he's saying, because it's not always directly translated in the subtitles, um, they're like gross. Like his just cadence is a gross feeling. He doesn't sound like a nice person. And that's more evident in okay, the sure. movie and less evident in the TV series. Just like uh, Griffith is deeper and like less androgynous looking even in the in the TV series. They're selling it really hard in in the in the movies. Both those angles. Yeah, you know what else I found odd was you know what else I found odd was the fact that this scene in the show takes place on you know like a balcony overlooking Doldre, etc. But in the movie, it's like they're at a bathhouse or something. Like or like he's in he's, it's, he's yeah, like it's, in a it's shallow part, pool where he has this yeah. meeting. Because that's and he's like, like yeah, the aesthetic. So uh, get me um, Griffith uh, captured alive. Yeah, in his yeah. weird, like, sexy. I just pool. found it was that's what that is like. Yeah, yeah, but that's why I think because that in, that invokes it's sort of, it's sort uh, of a, a kind of a harem sense. But then you notice that it's all like little boys. And you're like, mm. watch the scene again, yeah, sometime uh, with that in mind, and I think it's more yeah. evident. I'm sure. I'm sure that if I watched it again, I would yeah. pick up on it. What what's going on here? But uh, yeah. it was odd. I'm wondering. I I'm curious to see which route the uh, the the manga goes yeah, there. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll find out next week, <laughs> pretty quickly. Yep. What this is, what this is doing, what the source material is uh, saying. Um, yeah. So we have Buscon kind of being hamstringed by the governor, um, not initially, but the governor. Um, as the battle starts to pro- progress, the governor's patience is like paper thin. And he's not having it. It's super weird because the battle itself shouldn't be a long thing. It's like 10 minutes into a big military skirmish. He's just like, yeah, I'm not. We're going to, we're going to, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go out there. I can get this done. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, and guess what? It's all according to plan because Griffith is three steps ahead. And he's he's foreseen this, and he's foreseen this. Okay, if this had been another person in charge of Doldre, this plan would not have worked, or at least not have been nearly as effective. 
Yeah, like, they're he, 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 really he's counting aware on of who's here. there and and what their previous relationship was, which is sold very well by the TV series. Like that, you we know going into this. Right. Oh, yeah, not so much. Yeah, by not by the movie. You you literally it does not. There's no foreshadowing. You don't get that. You get the dude going like, oh, great. You know, and you're left wondering like, um, like why? Why is he after? Yeah. So it's it's point. It's yeah. That's 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 fair. There's not like that sexual element overtly. You know, initially until he starts talking to until they're talking face to face. Like it didn't click. Um, before that, you're just like, why does he? He we we know he knows him, but we don't have any context of like why the governor is like trying to capture him alive. Other than he's the brilliant commander of the band of the hawks, and that serves as you know some sort of purpose. Yeah, but the TV series, you, you know, you know immediately going into this what this dude is like. It's just gross and. It makes everything worse. Like, you're like okay, I guess like, so the plan can work because Griffith is banking on that, like, creepy lust still being directed at him because he basically looks exactly the same as he did, you know, a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, the ageless wonder for sure. Mm, yeah, it's 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 to his uh, credit at this point. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're pretty much in the midst of the battle at this point. Yes. Um, one thing that so the both of the um, incarnations of this event, Boscon um, is wary of the. Te- he, he's like they they only have um, I think the band of the hawk is th- three thousand, maybe it's five, maybe it's five thousand. It's 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 a, it's a small number in comparison to the thirty thousand troops that um, the the fortress has at call and he's like he wants to be dismissive of what griffith is doing because griffith has just lined up all of his forces on a cliff at a river's edge which is like not a sound military tactic even if you're a child you can look at that and go (laughs) yeah you might not want if you get pushed you can't retreat like there's no room if if the other force which is outnumbers you comes towards you you can only back up and that means falling off a cliff into a river. So he just doesn't know what's going on, but he's cautious because this dude is capable. He knows that. He knows that the Band of the Hawk is like, it's a notable mercenary group. They they do good work. So what's the weird, he can't wrap his head around, like, what's he planning? Like, like this does not make any military sense. Like, this is a stupid idea. So what's what is he missing? So he's hesitant, and that's also part of why the governor is getting upset because Boscon is just kind of sitting there, waiting, trying. And the governor comes down and calls him out. He's like, "Why are you just sitting here waiting? You could just go crush him. Just go do it, and don't hurt him. Capture him alive." Um. So Boscon eventually eventually advance. Um. The the capabilities of the band of the hawk are at full force here they are routing um parts of the the holy purple rhino knights like the these they have these huge war horses like decked out in crazy armor and it's obviously five times as thick as the armor on any other regular horse um 
and they're still like winning. Holy, you know, they're outnumbered, and they're just mowing through the the forces of at Boscon's disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Can, can I just say, um, this is probably where the animation in the film falls down the most for me is during mm. this whole sequence. I think particularly the blood looks very bad. Like, especially well, it's when like it's just sort of smeared on people's faces and on its clothes. Super CG blood. Yeah. It looks like yeah, it looks like somebody applied it in MS Paint. Like yeah, it just like looks war so paint bad. And not blood. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it looks very bad. I, I, I was, you know, obviously I've been very critical of the animation in the the film up to this point. <laughs> like rightly so. It's not. It's not great. This is, this is the scene in which it really <laughs> fell down the most for me personally. Mm-hmm. Just, just had to get that out of the way. That's fine. Um, yeah, so they're they're doing their fight, and what I really like about the movie is we have uh, Boscon's like sub commander, I guess, it's the dude with the mustaches, uh, and he sees a moment where he can like sneak because I think Boscon's like just go kill him, like the you know whoops it's a battle Griffith is dead uh, whoops. Um, and the the mustachioed um, sub general uh, has a perfect line on Griffith. It's like I'll just sneak up. He's occupied by like thirty dudes. I'll, and I got a clear shot. I'll just go kill him. We'll be done with this farce, and then we can just like crush the rest of the army because then the the, the governor will be whatever and not concerned, and we'll take care of this. He he makes it like five horse footsteps, and something cuts off his head that comes flying in at a weird angle, and you're you're not <laughs> meant to understand what the hell just happened. There's no context, and I knowing having seen the TV series like years ago, um. I went, awesome. Fucking Zod just like rolled in and lopped off some dude's head because he's protecting the owner of the Behelid. Like that's what this was. But you, it's a blink and you miss it. Like you could be, you, you have no idea. Something like literally kind of flashed across the screen. Dude's head lops off and it's never like addressed again. Like there's no, there's, there's nothing to like give you closure on what just happened? Like, didn't explain it. <laughs> Man's just decapitated. And you're like, okay, sure. The TV series handles this completely yeah. differently. And I can't tell what I prefer. I kind of like the weird, you don't know what happened. Mothman just like lopped someone's head off. Maybe. Uh, and but. I- how does the TV, how does clear, the TV series talking, do this? I'm, Go ahead. I no, I'm I'm just trying to figure out which yeah. which point you're. It's it's super fast. Exactly. You literally. Like, are you so talking about the? That's probably both, why I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. No, it's it's like one second of the thing, and I was because I was I hadn't I I have not seen this movie before, 
So this was a first time watch for me. I've seen okay. the TV series some 20 years ago. So I knew what was supposed to happen, and I was waiting for that. Like, I'm waiting for the uh, thing to uh, do the thing. I gotcha. And I'm like, it's not what is uh-huh. going, where's the thing? And then, so I'm watching so intently, waiting for this bit that I I couldn't, because I think you, like I said, you blink and you miss it. It's so fast. Um, Boscon's sub general is a guy with the mustaches. He has like a, a twin, like little mustache. He's a minor character. He talks like twice. Um, but it, the camera's specifically focused on him. And it keeps shifting and watching his view of like, there's a straight path through the horses right to, um, Griffith, who's facing the other way. He can just ride up and like lance him, like kill him and be done with it. Like I said, it turns back. He takes like two or three steps and his head just falls off. Like there's no, there's a, there's a blur that kind of like shoots across the upper part of the screen. That's all you get. And then his head comes off. And all you can do is go, I don't know what happened, but I know what happened in the other version. So that has to be this thing. So my assumption is that Zod was beast form, flew through and like cut off this guy's head and then just like vanished. I, You know what? I hope that that's what happened. I'm going to say that Please, right now. Listeners. I hope that's like, what happened. L- Watch it for a – what do you think? Like send some – we'll take some comments. Send this in because maybe I'm wrong. I will accept th- that if I read it wrong because it's, it's 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 literally like two frames of animation. Mm-hmm. So please yeah, let us, let, but, uh, let us know your thoughts. I did really, really enjoy <laughs> – Yes, I explain, really explain enjoy what Zod happens in, in – Yeah. Tell us, so, the, tell us the TV series. Oh, okay. Version. So – yeah, so what happened is that, um, you know, Guts, he's fighting Bus- Buscone, and um, he doesn't, his sword gets cut in half, right? Like, he doesn't mm. have a sword at this point. And um, <clears throat> there's a cut, there's a cut to Zod in his, you know, his Akuma <laughs> form. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's clearly Akuma, it's so funny. The, uh, yeah, it's just straight up Akuma. It's, and he's he's looking out over the battlefield, and... To my shock and surprise, when uh, he sees that Guts no longer has a sword and that that he's about to get killed, he he throws down this like big ass machete looking thing, and uh, Guts Guts uses it. And I, I thought that was delightful. Um, it's it was certainly a shock to see Zod here. I did not expect him to show up. It was delightful. Well, he, I mean, he loves battles. That's his thing. Um, but he's also looking out for, for Griffith because he knows something's going down. And we don't know what. Yeah, I'm guessing. Because he's, he's just something like. Something to do with the. Ba- he does. He utters this before. line about. He says, uh, Zod, he says, um, the time of the great eclipse is near and devils will soon descend. Yeah, that's, all we, that's all we get. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this is all about. I and I won't tell you. <laughs> I won't elaborate with the fact that Zod is aware of. I'm sorry. I'm guessing that Zod is. You know, he's he knows that Griffith is in possession of the uh, the Crimson Bayhelet and whatnot. And uh, I. So my guess is that it has something to do with that. But we will see, or I will see, because you already know what happens. Uh, yeah, I know what happens, but it's. Um, yeah, it's a thing. So 
I don't know which I preferred of this particular thing. I like the weird assumption of like Zod just rolling in to protect Griffith, um, but off camera kind of feel. But I also like throw a huge sword, got to use this larger sword to do thing. Um, and it made a little more, finally it made more sense because Guts is like, my sword was chipped from murdering 100 men. Like, that makes sense. You know, it's just, it's still <laughs> yeah. just metal. It's going to eventually break, even if it's three times heavier and thicker than any other blade. It, he's done a lot with that sword. He's had it for a long time. I'm surprised it's held up as long as it did, frankly, um, given the, what he puts it through. But to have it, like, snapped off because uh, Buscon is – he's using this, like, huge um, bardiche that's, like, iron hafted with an axe blade. And he's just, like, murdering people. And uh, the – I think the the movie doesn't give much perspective to Guts. The TV series did, uh, as far as I recall. It gives – um, an example of him go, he's just feeling this crazy cause, um, Buscon is, he's a big dude. And he's just feeling this, cr- this crazy pressure. And he's like, I, he's like, this guy is so powerful. Um, but he takes the time to go, wait, I've felt something like this before. And it was actually way worse because it's a freaking demon that was, three times the size of a man. I fought that and I'm alive. So why am I scared of one dude? Let's just do this. Um, yeah. The, the, and then of course it cuts to um, Akuma on Hilltop. But, uh, and you know, we're, we're a little remiss because given when Street Fighter came out, technically Akuma is a Zod like, not the other way around, but you know, that's just the nature of it. Fine. <laughs> I guess. It's it's a I direct guess, comparison either way. They are they they mirror each other very well. And I would um, joyously love to see Zod in the you know what? Zod really fits more in um Soul Calibur. Would be fine. Oh yeah. I would love to see that. Look, Zod looks no, Zod for Smash. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Zod for Smash. That's yes. If we did weird, uh, Zod for Smash. if we did weird podcast titles, it would be Zod for Smash. I would love to see Nintendo tackle a Berserk character. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> and try to like justify that in there. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, look. If they can, if they can work Metal Gear Solid into this thing, you know, this is look, true. They can do anything. And put like, some, I mean, they could just put like Puck in there. Oh yeah! See, there's an idea. See, uh, there's stuff they can. I mean, they should be paying it. us for this. this is, That's right, man. This is we're free just money. giving we're giving all the good ideas out. God damn! Yeah, <laughs> got to cut so, this part out. We gotta go. No, get ready. I'm gonna hide that. <laughs> gonna make this happen. Um, I'm gonna make some money. Uh, so what? <sighs> yeah. So uh, he gets the sword. Uh, um, go ahead and and wrap up. I think the bit with Buscon. Oh. Oh yeah. Um, so let's see what happens here. Um, he uh, let's see in the film uh, he spins his axe a whole bunch, and uh, he, <laughs> yeah. he heads 
a whole lot of people like Mm -hmm. he heads so many people and then there's like a pretty glorious shot of it just raining blood from the sky because like all these heads fly up and everything yeah um and then i mean guts pretty much just immediately beheads him after that he's like yeah that was a really fancy move and everything but then guts just kind of comes for him and and ends his life right then and there i've seen this before (laughs) yeah (laughs) your boy add on let you down this is i've seen your move yeah yeah that's uh Mm. that's pretty much it for our guy biscoe i'm trying to think if there's anything else this happens in 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 both Uh, versions but it's not just um, boscon that he he cuts off Boscon's head and the giant warhorse's head. And in the um, oh, yeah. animated version, I think it keeps walking, which is frightening. Oh, God. It That's right. Yeah, I know for a fact it happens in the falls. show. Yeah, it, it, he, yeah, he cuts through two things. And he also lopped off, like, Boscon, like his um, pauldron, which was crazy, huge spike. He just chops it off with his sword. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Uh, after this, because his sword is busted, he he just leaves the giant freaking machete thing, um, uh, just on some stairs, because that's how, what you do, um, and then is really good, just stupid looking sword for like the rest of the TV series. I hate that sword. <laughs> so dumb. It looks like yeah. the Highlander sword yeah. that Kurgan uses, but like a crappy version. <laughs> it does yeah absolutely yeah but what is that uh, so we, we, yeah, we, we talked we talked a little bit about um the fate of the governor it's it's sealed griffith kills him yeah 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 we, we got we, that we out talk of the about, way. um should we Let's talk about go... what goes on with uh should we talk about what, what goes on with Casca here yes because this is, her her this is important um because the plans that this whole battle hinges on are vastly different well i mean they're the same outcome but the the method is far less sound in the TV series than it is in the film. So in the TV series, we mentioned that Edon was like put under essentially like house arrest. He's just like, you get to just watch the fort while we go to the fun battle. And um, he's, he's waiting there. Casca and her small crew use the, um, disturbance of all the crazy dust and the, the, the battle to go into the unlocked Sally gate, which for the port, which should not be unlocked during a battle, which is guarded by two dudes. Uh, it's, so it's stupid, but she, it's open and she goes in and leads her contingent of, I don't know, 20 guys. It's not very many. She has a small little crew, um, into the Doldre and they, plan to take it from inside okay the plan is it's it's fine it relies on a bunch of weird um like happenstance things like what if the gate wasn't open you'd be screwed because you cannot open that from the outside or at least not without like a lot of trouble and we've already seen um they don't they don't you know what they didn't do this i don't think as much in the tv series they definitely showed it in the uh the movie the sheer like um fruitlessness of siege towering and catapulting and trying to do that kind of long term siege on Doldre because they have crazy 
uh, they got the oil that they poured out on people. They have archers. They have a, a weird, like, uh, lance shaft thing launcher that just comes from the side and just shoots huge blades out to cut people in half on ladders. So they don't, they get, it's, it's, it's proof against like frontal assault. So using the little gate makes sense provided it's open, which it should not be, but that's okay. Um, that's the TV series. They're trying to sneak in during the confusion of the battle. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's a, sure. it's a, a lot of it's these a, details. It's a very me, but, uh, stupid valid. It's a valid plan provided everything like lines up, which that's amazing. But okay. Griffith is just that good. Um, the yeah. movie has a far better plan because after the battle with 100 dudes that were murdered by guts, they captured Adon. They sent Adon back home. They just let him go. And sent him back home with his, like, guard of six or so, like, part of his uh, heavy um, whale, blue whale core. And he comes back home, or comes back to Doldre, and he's welcomed back in. Uh, he explains you know, his losses. He's not demoted. Um, he's, like, probably talked down on a little bit, but, you know, everything's fine. What that works for is his few guards that he had is in fact Casca and her hand selected band of the hawk um escorting their prisoner of war um in back into his own place of residence so they've effectively trojan horsed Adon. This makes way more sense. Um they've got into it's yeah. a small contingent. They've got a few guys in but all they have to do is be in there Everyone else rushed outside. Griffith is banking on the governor coming back outside, bringing his super powerful royal guard outside the fort. There's like a handful of it's the young boys in like the pool thing and uh, the two dudes like guarding the Sally port and, uh, you know, just hands a very minimal um, guarding of, of the fort. And they just take it over. And they raise their own flags of the Band of the Hawk all over the place and use that as um, uh, the motivation's not the right word. Uh, morale. It's a morale crusher for all the troops out that are stationed outside. They can't retreat because the gates are closed, so they can't go back into their place. The Band of the Hawk's running roughshod over them. Boscon is dead. Um, the governor can't keep, the governor lost control of his troops for one specific reason. Initially, when he came out to, um, take control of the battle, he tells everyone, um, I, I promise to, uh, I promise to, um, give you guys like whatever you want, uh, all these high, like extra ranks, any all this kind of money, any kind of thing. Um, if you bring me Griffith alive, and Buscon, when he was alive, you know, when he's still in control, was like, "Why would you do that? You've like erased all of the military order, all of the command. They're gonna go crazy because you promised them something stupid that you probably can't deliver on." Um, I don't, I can't control them when they're going mad for money, you know. Because a bunch of them are mercenaries too, so 
Griffith has taken all this into consideration. Everything's going wild out there. Uh, most of the forces are outside of the, the fort. And his little crack team has, you know, infiltrated in and just erased any sense of um, retreat that, that the, uh, the the forces would have. Which which left, um, once Boscon is dead, uh, just the governor, like, literally just cowering in the dust you know by himself because everyone else like left him even even his uh like you know his private um royal guard like just deserted him this yeah. makes sense this makes more sense than what happened in the tv series uh of course as this is occurring we get the confrontation between Casca and um, Adon. So how how did that go in the TV series? Because it's definitely different because of of the the plan changing. Sure. Um, so Adon in the TV series, uh, he pretends to submit to Casca. Uh, um, in fact, he invokes. Uh, what is it called here? It's called like the the Reisha Jinrai. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's it's the secret art of the crossbow sneak attack. Yes, the Reisha which, uh, of course, Jinrai is descended from the Korowitz family. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, precisely. Which is, it's it's just apparently like a thousand secret. year old technique. They've he's good at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean technically it it's works. Where you uh, <laughs> it, it did work. It did work, um, but unfortunately, it did not work out super well for him in this case because uh Casca uh in response to this uh she leaps over him in like a matrix jump and slices his head and uh he does he does poison her however uh he does have some of that perhaps a family poison we don't know yeah that it's, much it's, is a, it's a paralytic it's just supposed but, to slow uh, someone down <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so anyways that is uh, it is different from the film uh, in that uh, Casca, he actually, he threatens to rape her in the film. Um, and he, Casca, in response, uh, shoves a sword through his throat. So, uh, yeah, it's that's, the good old. Those, that, that's the way state. that goes. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So both are pretty good, honestly. Uh I like I'm not, I like I'm not preferential towards one or the other of these. Yeah, I like the ending like the battle between them in the TV series better. Because it's just Edon um fully underestimating Casca and her ability to back up her ability. I mean, she's not she's fine. And it was so stupid. <laughs> it's just, this just draws like utter stupidity into like her earlier weakness. Like this doesn't make any yeah, sense. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. just like backflipping over yeah, things. Like, no well, okay. Yeah. There's nothing. This was really dumb. Yeah. Um, so this scene is good. Mm-hmm. She just like crushes yeah. him and she, and she makes a point of like, I wasn't feeling, I had a stomach ache. Um, and that, that gave you the upper hand last time, but were things, not that way, which they are right now. Uh, you have no chance, and I'm just going to kill you. And she does. Yep. So yeah, just Casca, take your vitamins. I don't know. Don't get a fever. That's stupid. You're otherwise fine. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's frustrating. <clears throat> She's just a little inexplicably bit. sick for a lot of this. Yeah. It's so dumb. Give her agency. Let her do her thing. She's fine. 
perfectly capable of all this. Mm-hmm. It's just what a garbage fire that yeah, earlier part don't, was. Don't fully understand the uh, desire to undercut her constantly, but it did not. It doesn't do her it any is service what it is. Like, at all. Nope. You know, it's it's it has been written. So shall it yeah. be? Um, she's generally still pretty kick-ass. So we'll just pretend mm-hmm. this is the always usual Casca. Yeah. Well, although in the show, once again, <laughs> she is uh, she is rescued by Guts, who comes to retrieve her because she's poisoned, yeah. and he has to come and yeah. carry her away. Blah blah blah, blah, blah. So. I can't even like I because I know how this turns out. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll it'll we'll get into it again be just because of Casca's treatment in general as the series progresses. That's the one thing that doesn't get better, but sure. Mm, you know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Okay. It'll be what it'll be because it's going to be a long four mm-hmm. volumes of Casca. But yep. yes, that is the retaking of Doldre, which brings us up to speed on uh, the, the they've won, they've retained or re- regained the fortress. Um, we get the wonderful uh, return celebration march. It's a it's a it's a, it's a genre trope standby. They come back to the. To the uh mm-hmm. into the kingdom in their victory parade. Wind hat. Yes. And uh I think my favorite is uh Guts just being like caught up in what he's we know what he's thinking at this point, and it's particularly in the T V series. So he's like kind of morose. You know, he's just absent minded, just not feeling this like parade. Um mm-hmm. his um I, so in in the Japanese, and it, I don't think it gives the subtitle like enough credit to what they're saying, but the the respect um, by all of the subordinates in the Band of the Hawk of of uh, both Guts and Casca's um, respective crews, because they both command like chunks of men, uh, but they are their respect given to Guts and to Casca is. Um, it's delivered in kind of a, while this is military, um, you're getting a voicing of what you would normally hear in, like, say, a Yakuza or, like, a gangster film. Like, they're, they're reverently addressed as, um, like, big brother or big sister. It's, it's they're a term of endearment, um, given by the subordinates. It, it's not, it's yeah. not conveyed in the subtitles. But you can kind right, yeah. of hear the endearment in the voices um, of of the unfortunately <laughs> nameless peons that just keep getting slaughtered um, during these battles. It's like, what are you? Um, are you are you talking about how like people refer to um, Kasuga as like big sis? Yes, and 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 guts as its big bro. But they just, I think it just says like guts Taicho, like guts commander. You know, boss guts. It's given that way but okay. what they're saying is like big brother guts and big sis guts but those specific words in japanese is directed generally toward um uh like criminal like yakuza organizations like that's the terms that are being used so there's a specific like mentality like conveyed by those terms which it doesn't 
Okay, interesting. Doesn't, it doesn't come across as well in the English. Like, just, okay. just the reverence placed on him. Like, the respect that they've garnered. Uh, it comes across in the tone, but I don't think the translation, like, really embodies it as much. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just an aside. It's really mm-hmm. just yeah, like, I do, that respect uh, that they're given. Sure. Sure, of yeah. Dude, and I do of, really of enjoy that this. Keep, uh, like, getting murdered. <laughs> like, that's the worst part. Yeah. I do really enjoy... I really enjoyed this rapturous reception that they get in mm. Wyndham and uh, I, <laughs> Guts I like, in the film does. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Flash, go ahead. What are you saying? No, I was just saying like. I was going to say. Go, say it. Say it. What, what, what is it? Go ahead. I was just saying Casca, when she comes in, she's like fawned over by the ladies and she's just like blushing. It's it's good. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, everybody is just sort of swooning uh, over. Mostly Griffith, but yeah, Casca does have her own fan club as well. It's, of, a, it's a bunch uh, of ladies Lynch, on a bridge, Lynch. like throwing her like flowers. It's yeah. really, it's really good. Yeah, indeed. But um, you know, guts—he's sort of aloof. He's sort of—he's not really into all this, the pomp and circumstance. And he—he's watching Griffith, and he does flash back to Griffith telling him, "I will have my own kingdom." You know yeah. that, that that important line, and he's seeing all these events unfold and he must be thinking like everything is basically unfolding exactly the way that yeah. Griffith told me it was going to, you know, He's like, yeah, this, just this, seeing everybody shower like him in working. adoration like this. Like we're doing it. And and that's the same feeling that the band of the Hawk in general has, like particularly like the, the, the members we're introduced to is they're, um, they're overwhelmed by, I think this, the, the rewards of the success not the actual thing. Like they know they do a good job, but they're out of their element. They're in this noble situation. And I think that the, I want to say the TV series, the, the, the movie doesn't do what the TV series does. I, I think that just the, so the King after their, the victory march, the king, uh, in accordance to like the deeds of the band of the hawk, raises Griffith up specifically into the commander of a um, I think he says it's like the White Phoenix Brigade, but it's 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 yes, he's what, the uh, he's the White Phoenix general of yeah. the White Phoenix Knights. Yeah, which is like the highest yeah. like military rank in anything white. Blah 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 is super like high up in, in um, the Midland army. Like that's the top, that's the cream of the crop. Yes. Um, the, the movie mm-hmm. doesn't give specifications of what happens to like his, his, the band of the hot core. They're basically just raising Griffith up like further. The TV series takes specific pains to say that Griffith raises in rank. But all of his commanders, like his sub commanders, also will get a peerage and they become knights. And then the general army is just, it's just yes. knights, but they're not like given any specific thing. But so, you know, it's, it's Corcus, Pippin, Casca, Guts, like they all become knights also. So they are raised, you know, they're not to level of like Duke, but they're, or Count, they're just up there. Um, that's very significant because yes, they're they not, are, uh, they're, they're not commoners who are now nobility, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And they're not prepared for that. Like, they're just like, nope. What? <laughs> uh, and 
all of this uh, is kind of hand waved in in the movie because it's just not to take time to like explain the specifics of like what they've been given. Just to say this, just to say they've been raised up and they are now they're 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 very happy that all their years of hard work has given them this new position. Like they understand that part of mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and the the, uh, the nobility of Midland is not too happy about this, as we see <laughs> a scene that was not. crucially omitted from the yeah. film, in which mm. all the uh, or not all of them, but a, a group of Midland like nobles a, a, a they <laughs> meet. Yeah, they meet in darkness, and they're they're all wearing these. I love these it. black hoods. Yeah, they're, they're wearing, wearing these like, meeting, meeting like the secret society in the sewers. Yeah. Like, precisely guys, and um, guys people will know among them, what you're doing <laughs> yes among them is uh minister foss who we will our, our remember. favorite yes our and favorite boy the, that looks kind of like a human behillet <laughs> he does he does very much look like that and uh their plan is to poison griffith with what they call antiaris it's a special kind of poison and uh they're gonna do this with the help help of guess who the queen who shows up and her aim here is to preserve the royal bloodline by killing griffith to ensure that he does not marry charlotte because as we established earlier with the trading of the the stones and all that she's on to griffith's plan like she can sniff out exactly what's going on with his courtship of charlotte so um you know this is this is the plan being set in Mm. yes mm-hmm. and that and that will lead us into the uh the party scene yeah yes it will and um my my favorite bit of all of this is uh uh foss who is he's like kind of endearing in his weird like egg-shaped head subterfuge mm. and his like one closed <laughs> eye I, I i love his aesthetics it's very good um but he in um in the TV series, he's given a very specific like aesthetic, and it's it's a it's like a trope of a conniving figure of, of some political power. Uh, but what it does is he gets like I can only describe it as like the meat sweats because things happen (laughs) where he's just put in a bad position according to like what he's trying to do and the viewers know and you think him being a a some sort of minister and the people being around him often would figure out that something's not right because this dude is just like sweating buckets (laughs) because he he read a thing and he's like flop I gotta go check on something, guys. I'll, I'll be right back. So, but everything's totally fine. It's Pay fine, no attention guys. to the fact that I am just profusely sweating <sighs> and acting like the most nervous man who's ever existed. Yeah, everything's totally cool. It's look. The plan is it's according to plan. We this we got this, guys. Don't worry, Griffith will take a fall. <laughs> and 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 yeah. on the eve on the eve of his um, celebration, it's very fitting that we will get to torture him and all of our lovely plans um, just as he's about to taste the fruits of his success. 
We got this, guys. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And don't look at my little note. I'm going to put this in my pocket. Just, it's fine. <laughs> it's don't super worry about good. It. It's, it's sold so well in the TV series, and we just don't get that in the movie. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. We get, yeah, none, of, we get none of this. Nope. None of this perfectly no. excellent political like subtext it's just it's not even subtext yeah. it's like text the whole poison subplot there. is completely excised yeah. yeah it's not there at all in fact it's kind of funny what they do instead of we'll get to the party scene but it's kind of funny what they do instead of the whole scene where griffith uh drinks the poison or pretends to drink the poison it's like um they just dance that's all that they, happens. They literally. just they all dance, and we get um. So we get further. This is the scene where Guts and Casca have like a heart to heart, and she she ultimately realizes that he's 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 intending to leave. He's done with the band of the hawk for yeah. now. Mm-hmm. He needs to, he needs to go on his uh vision quest, his soul searching journey, and she's she doesn't know what to think. I I think. She doesn't want him to go. She's realizing yeah. maybe yeah, her she's... feelings may be different than what they have been in the past. But still not acknowledging that. That that, yeah, comes, that comes there's, later. There's a complex mix of feelings for her, I'm sure, especially because, you know, Guts is he's he, he starts he's like sort of compliments her in this scene. Like he sort of intimates that she like looked good in the dress, and he's getting a little He's getting a little overtly flirty with her <laughs> for the first time a little bit. Um, and I think Costco, first of all, I should note, it's very funny to see Guts in like a vest and a scarf. <laughs> and That's really good. Yeah, he doesn't get the fancy that. hat here, I don't think. No. No. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the just. Dis- Sky's hat that's coming a little bit later but yeah it's it's becoming increasingly clear to Casca that Guts is planning to leave the band of the Hawk and this is sort of like his last hurrah with them and I think she can feel herself getting a little bit sad about that she doesn't she does not care for that at all I don't think no she she's not like she's conflicted I mean, she wants him not to go. That's that's for sure. But I don't think she knows that he's like serious yeah. about it. She's not sure yet. She, she she's getting the idea. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, they've the done the, in in the uh, TV series they've talked about this twice. So now it's more yeah. like a firm thing. She's like, "Oh, you're doing the thing, okay?" Um, yeah, exactly. We'll, that's, we'll, that's we the have thing. we have comes... room to talk about it, maybe. It actually comes fairly out of nowhere in the film. No, it's, it's literally the at the this scene. It's this scene here where they're on like, yeah. the balcony. Uh, they they're both not comfortable with all of the the noble the, the dancing the whole thing. Um, she she took the time out to go that guts you don't you don't do these things like ever like they've happened before because they've they've been successful in their um, military pursuits before. And uh, so there are some occasions where high, the, the 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 rank and the, the high rank and file the um the high ranking members of Band of the Hawk have had to do noble that you just deal with nobility on occasion. Guts does not participate in those like ever. 
Nope. Um, so it's notable that he's he's decked out in the nines. He's trying to do the thing. He's obviously not comfortable. They take their space away from. They take a breather. They go out onto the balcony. Um, and in the movie, this is where Guts is like, "I'm yeah, I'm gonna leave. I need to find my own dream. I need to. I need some space. You know. Um, I love what we're doing, Griffith. This is like everything's on point. We're doing the plan." Um, Griffith's dream is obviously coming through. We're all, you know, the band of the hawk is being elevated. Um, and this is great. I, it's just not for me. Not right now. So that's where they kind of sit in, in the TV series. This is talk number two. And Casca's like, so you're, yeah, you're serious. You're, you're just gonna leave us. And her feelings toward guts have, begun to i think solidify they've begun to shift it's it's there is a sense of like possible romance like in the air because their feelings for guts are are not uh, for griffith are they're complicated but it's generally in terms of like ultimate respect um and, and the the band of the right, hawk yeah. has kind of pushed them and like ooh you know commander um Casca, oh, you know, you're getting a dance with, with, uh, Griffith, you know, get it on. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just kind of like right. encouraging her in that direction because they don't feel that there's anything between her and Gus because there, there's always been animosity. Um, except on the part of Judo, who's definitely taken the time to go, you're, she's changed. And I, I'm pretty sure she hasn't realized that I think she's feeling feelings for Guts. He, he gets it. He's just not going to say yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. He's just going to like keep quiet, you know. Yeah, judo. See, see what happens. He's judo he's the smart. most emotionally. Yeah, judo is the most emotionally intelligent member of Band of the Hawk. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where this this puts us in the in the film, um, portion. Uh, we don't get all the crazy like subplot with the queen uh which does a thing will i guess maybe address that um yeah so the, the this banquet uh is just dancing in the film and then it ends uh and then we're, we're left with like <laughs> guts is going to go away sure um yep. tv series no they've agreed to do the poison they're going to do the poison they get a um, servant guy to bring one very singular glass to <laughs> Griffith. Um, they're going to be a bit. It's going to be a big toast. The, the king's giving a speech, and then he's um, uh, specifically telling everyone um, the accolades that uh, the band of the hawk is going to get from from their their accomplishments. Uh, and there's a big toast. And Griffith drinketh the wine and dies. It's over. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's that's the end of Berserk, folks. That's it. Yep. We're done. All right. Uh, yeah, Griffith's dead. Yep. Griffith's Gut, plan was Gut, spoiled. Gut, and, uh, Guts can just leave now because there's no Band of the Hawk. He's just going yeah, to do his thing. Yeah, he just walks into the sunset. Mm. And uh, that's it. Exactly. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Credits roll. We will. Uh, yeah, we. There's no more episodes. Thanks, guys. We enjoyed. <laughs> we enjoyed four episodes of fun. No, 
That's not yep. what happens. Later. Of course. Of course. Oh. Something happens right now. Because yes. in and in, uh <laughs> the, the some fancy hidden corner of the kingdom. The queen and her yeah. minister cronies and our sweet, sweet egg boy. Ball. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um they've they've they're having a meeting because Griffith has died. All is going according to plan. The poison mm-hmm. has been administered. Everything is perfect. The the Midland will be at peace. Mm-hmm. Charlotte well, you know, she has her heart broken, but she'll she'll move on. She'll find another more fitting uh, suitor mm-hmm. um, who is possi- a man of nobility and not a common man. And not a common man and possibly the king. But that's left, I think, to the movie version because that went places. Um, yeah, that plan worked. <laughs> Griffith is dead. Yeah. You know, and they're just gonna just celebrate. It'll be great. The minister, mm-hmm. yes, he, you know, you know what he, Foss, he's just, he's very, um, goal oriented and he's a very hands on approach. He needs to make sure that everything worked out exactly as planned. He's gonna just pop out for a minute and make sure that his underlings, you know, did yes. their due diligence. And no trace of the poison will ever be found. And he locks mm-hmm. the door. He locks the door on them. Sweaty uh, egg boy. Uh-huh. Something's yeah. up. Something has gone south for the queen and her nefarious something, dirty work. Something has gone south for the queen. And our first hint of, of what that is happens when we see Guts in his big swag hat. Uh, <laughs> kill the waiter who's on I, that's, horseback. That's the title. Guts and his swag hat. Yeah. His, his big swag hat. The, the waiter is like darting away on horseback talking about, you know, what a perfect crime it is and now he'll never be caught, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, Guts just sort of stands by the road and just like extends his sword and slices him. <laughs> and that's sort of our first... <laughs> Indication that well, so I hate that sword. I hate the sword. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that that's that's really where we know it's like, well, something's maybe gone this wrong. Plan didn't go quite the way mm. that the queen thinks it did. So, I, I yeah, that is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, what do what do they notice in the room? What starts happening? Uh, it's getting a little warm. It's getting hot in here. A little toasty. smoke. A little bit of smoke, kind of like seasonably warm. Just you know, yeah. um, someone lit some incense. It's fine. Um, no smoke is coming uh-huh. up through yeah. the floorboards, like in on mass, like a lot of smoke, not just a little. It is a bunch, and uh, immediately they kind of look out the window, and the entire like I guess it's a quarter, it's a chunk of the city in that little section is on fire. Um, a lot. A bunch of it. And they try to beat feet, make for the door. Door is locked. And they, one of the more enterprising but elderly gentlemen takes one of the huge... I mean, these are good, good 
stout furniture and is trying to bash the door down. Um, it eventually like kind of cracks open, but that just releases more flame because of backdraft. That's just what happened. Don't do the thing. Touch the door first, you know, folks. Stay low. Keep out of the smoke. <laughs> check the do- check the door handles. These yeah, are stop, appropriate. Drop, and roll. Appro- exactly. Well, that that didn't help them. They just like Im- immolated like immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, the queen is. Uh, she, okay, so she is one cool cucumber. She's not even considering like this being hazardous to her health. She's like, uh, this is kind of inconvenient. Um, why is there smoke and fire? Uh, let's look out the window. Oh, look. The ghost. Griffith is down in the courtyard. I guess it's a courtyard. He's, he's, he's some ways away. He's still able to hear them because she's talking this in like is, a normal so speaking tone. He's just speaking outside the yeah. window. And he's just, it's a big, it's a big fuck you to the nobility. He's like, I, you know what? I saw your plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not dead. I'm quite alive. Thank you very much. I took the Iocane powder. Not the Iocane powder. <laughs> you took some other um, nondescript thing that makes you half dead uh, and feigns his feigns, yeah. feigned his own death just yep. for this position, just to flush out those who would wrong him. And it didn't matter that it was the queen. Mm-hmm. And my favorite bit of dialogue is the queen in her regalia, incensed, so angry. And she's like, I, you can't burn me. I'm the queen. <laughs> I can't die by yeah. fire. His response That's is insane. Great. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you'll. Yeah, and his resp- his response. What is? It? I didn't write it down, but it is. I didn't it is either. Pretty it's Basically pretty sure just you're like, just gonna die. No matter who you are. Yeah, you'll yeah, die like, like all the no rest. No matter. It doesn't matter if you're. Uh, doesn't matter if you're a queen or a commoner or a noble or whoever. It's like when you die, you're merely a loser on the battlefield. Yeah, you know. No, that, that's his so thing. Is like that this effect. is. He's like this is the battlefield. Um, you don't get to sit on the sidelines. You're part yeah. of this, and you chose. Yeah. To fight me, uh, there's only one outcome. You die or I die, and I'm still standing, and you're on fire. So, good riddance, queen. Die. Yep. And she doth <laughs> perish uh, quite angrily. Mm-hmm. She's dead. Uh, our old, a good old Foss shows up again. Yep, and he's it is just, revealed that he indeed collaborated with Griffith. He did. He did do the collab um, because uh, Griffith arranged for uh, Foss's dear old daughter to be um, kidnapped by brigands, men of ill repute, and held for. Yeah, were these? Not, I not couldn't really figure out if these. I couldn't figure out if the dude who kidnapped Foss's daughter. I couldn't figure out if they were like all, like his fellow nobles because they were wearing the same. No, like, no, no. These are just hooded, nasty dudes. Hooded just, garb, or they were just like garbage okay. thieves or whatever. I don't know. They're just brigands. Um, not ni- not nice guys. Um, but yes. So Foss was yeah uh, Disp- disposable at any rate. Mm, yeah. So he got one over on good old Foss, and uh, well, 
Foss murdered his queen. And Griffith don't care. Doesn't yeah. matter. And I liked Griffith's I liked Griffith's explanation for how he knew that Foss was planning on <laughs> on taking him out. He's like, I just he's like, I just yeah. looked you in the eye and I knew that you were a slimy piece of shit. I yeah, he's like, and he's like, and well, I clocked you from a million miles away, and it wasn't even that. It's um, f- uh, this is when Griffith was planning to kill um, Julius. Yes, Julius, and yeah. Griffith was he he gets like the pissed look sometimes, and his pupils like shrink, and he gets angry, and it's just like a smoldering rage. And Foss saw that look. And that, that's when he went and told Julius to do the poison. He's like, po- uh, you know, a poison arrow for the count or whatever, you know, whatever his thing was. And, uh, th- this whole thing breaks down very, like, beautifully because Foss is just, he's doing this monologuing and it's so good because he's like, I was trembling and frightened of something and I saw those eyes and I'm actually just scared of this man. He frightens me so he must die. <laughs> and that just did yeah. not work out like for anyone aside from Griffith. Kind of no. at this point. No. Hmm. Boss, you just, you picked the wrong, you, you were too scared and you, you caught a tiger by the tail. That does not work out well, buddy. Yeah, and but uh, he is the one person who's going to survive this whole ordeal, though. Of course, Griffith, <laughs> Griffith is like just kind of let's just we'll like, just part as friends. You know, you did the thing, but I did the thing. We're just we're going to let it wash. Mm-hmm. We're equal. It's fine. Yeah, it's uh, like... I basically <laughs> just don't don't fuck with me again because it's not going to end well for you or your daughter or your family. Or yeah, your yeah. family's family. I'll just wipe you out. Because I just killed the queen. Mm-hmm. So what are you? Nothing. Just go. <laughs> yeah, he, go he to basically sleep, just t- just he basically just tells him like, look, let's just wipe the slate clean here because uh, we're going to be around each other quite a bit once I'm uh, ruling this whole kingdom here. So uh, let's just let's just wipe the slate clean and, and uh, pretend as though you didn't try to kill me and I'll pretend as though you didn't have a hand in murdering the queen. How about that? It's, it's super good. And all of this, guess what? Not in the movie, like nothing of this. And you're just, none of it. It makes everything else seem very sudden. None of this is in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's not there. So, um, in consideration of time, because we are now running pleasantly long in the tooth, but uh, we will we will wrap this up here. Uh, the film ends okay. on a a note, I guess. Uh, we have we've established that Guts is going to leave. He's just going to do his thing. The party's done. Uh, everything's kind of copacetic. The 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 band of the hawk is ready to have their big celebration in, in like two days, where uh, uh, Griffith will be. Um, raised in rank and the the status of the 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 hawk will be cemented as the the flagship or the vanguard um, army of of midland it's great guts is done he's gonna leave um he he in fact takes his leave he sort of 
not really says goodbye. He's just going to bounce because that's just the cool dude thing to do, I guess. And uh, he's not going to bother telling Griffith. He told Casca, and that's the extent of it. He, I think he there was maybe a bar scene where he kind of said some goodbyes, kind of, but not like overtly to the guys. Yeah, I think that was in the movie. He, he he does say some goodbyes, but like Corcus pretty much tells him off. Yeah, Corcus <laughs> was just, just like, like he's, he's just having. He's like, I, I hate show. you. <laughs> we're just we're done with this. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he leaves early in the morning before anyone else is awake. Um, is the intent. That's not what happens. Everyone is awake. There's, uh, the whole, the whole crew, Casca, Pippin, Judo, um, Corcus, um, and, uh, the little guy whose name I just immediately forgot, but he's there too. Um, Rickert? Rickert, yes. Good old boy Rickert. They're all there hanging by the tree on the exact path to get out of the town that Guts would take. Um, yeah. A little weird, but they're there. I don't yeah, I don't, I don't know why they're all here. It's very strange. Well, they're there to stop him. That's that's why they're there. Is to I get, convi- like, convince I him guess, to stay. But how did they know? No, I don't know. I don't know. Right? Yeah, it's really weird. You know, and like, they were there before him. Like, yeah, like they left early and got there on the exact path that he's. I, he likes to climb high things. I guess they wanted. They just knew he'd climb that hill. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So they they do their best to convince him. It does not work. He's dead set on going, and, uh, well, somebody snitched because Griffith is there now, too. And Mm -hmm. as it began, so shall it end. Uh, Griffith basically says, uh, you're, we, we did this already. Um, you can't leave because you are mine. You belong to me. You're mine to do with Mm -hmm. as I will. And if you want to leave, you'll have to go through me. I have my sword. You have yours. That's the way of the mercenaries. You live by the sword and you can leave by the sword if you can. So they have a fight. Uh, This goes down almost identically in the TV series. This is just what happens. However, uh, some of the visual effects in the movie I preferred to what the TV series did in this particular moment. Yeah, I agree, actually. I I actually think that the film the film it, actually might be the slightly preferred version of this scene yeah, for me. Yeah, it, it sells um, what Guts has become. Like, really yeah. hard. Yeah, and I also, like you said, there are just some visual things that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what? I... Go ahead. I really like the detail in the film where, uh, where Guts, you know, when he breaks Griffith's sword... And his blade is just sort of resting on his on his neck. He like these like a little bit of Griffith's hair just billowing away that's been mm. sliced off. Yeah, I, I, I really like, like that. I it's, like that. And then my favorite it's, part it's really is the force of his blow like blasts out a circle of snow around them. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. do that in the anime. I thought it was going to, and it did yeah, not it's do really that good. crazy, like, compression of snow just being crushed down from the force of the this just the air pressure. So it sold it really, really well. Um, but what it doesn't do that the TV series does, which I really appreciated, was it gave the inner monologue of both Guts and Griffith um, from turn to turn right before they fought. Mm. 
and it it yes. it yes. it sold guts's point of view of what he's doing and his acknowledgement of griffith and griffith isn't yielding a step and he's he's bloodthirsty he's going to try to kill me to he'd rather kill me than let me go and on griffith's side of the equation is guts is this is the most calm zero mind his intention to leave is so strong he doesn't even care there's no feeling of like bloodlust or anger or rage that Guts normally feels when he's fighting or like how he had, they had felt in their first encounter. He's just calm, is crisp, and he's going to do the thing. And he, he specifically lays out this is going to be finished in one blow. There's no tussle afterwards. There's no breaking of dislocating of shoulders. Nothing's going to happen. There's one strike. And I'm going to have to probably almost kill him. And if I miss, he'll he'll die. But I'm confident in my skills. I will I will he'll swing. He's gonna do the overhead swing. I know exactly his habit. I'm gonna parry it and then repost and then like have to just stop him at his neck. That's the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah. that isn't really conveyed in the movie. It's or not. At least and we don't get it's, that it's not, piece of not vocally. It, no, we don't get that piece of internal monologue about. About that, yeah. about how he doesn't yeah. actually want to kill him. Right. I, w- I would combine the scene together. Like if you get the internal monologue and then just do like the physical, a bit of hair, the compression of the snow, just those effects, I think, sold the mm-hmm. the fervor of this battle because it's a quiet, it's a quiet single move fight. It's very nice, you know, but, but it yeah, needed that little bit of something. Um, you know what? I actually, I actually think that I prefer it without the monologue because mm. it's more of a surprise when he doesn't actually end up killing him and i really like the way that it plays out in the film where you think like they're gonna have this duel and um i enjoy the fact that you just see guts's blade stop and it's like is he gonna kill him is he not gonna kill him you know i i like that that element of suspense and surprise yeah and then you just watch Griffith, his strings are cut. He's done, and he oh. just crumples. And it's at this point that you realize that something's something's wrong with like Griffith as like a person. He's not altogether. <laughs> yeah. If if this one small thing like is enough to unhinge him, that's. That's like ridiculous given everything else he's done to like achieve his thing that he's trying to do. He can't yeah. even process this one thing that's not even a betrayal, but it may f- seem like one to him. Yeah, he is in a complete state of shock. He's just sitting there on his knees, just eyes wide, in yeah. total just about the fact that it's like his existential crisis. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It it is an existential crisis because a, you know, it's a real teacher surpasses or, you know, student surpasses the teacher situation. He's been defeated by guts. And then the fact that guts chose to spare his life. And I almost feel like Griffith would have preferred to die than everything would have been so different than than be spared by guts here. Mm. Because and I, well, I think the dialogue here even says, uh, maybe in the TV show, um, 
I want to say they mention or Guts mentions like you're um, this is just as if you were a pebble. I think I think they bring back the pebble analogy because Guts. I mean, he would have killed Griffith and that's not his intention. He doesn't like he didn't want this fight to happen. He just wants to go. He's like, can't we just have said goodbyes and been fine? But, you know, Griffith was intent on not letting him go. Uh, and for Griffith, this is like an unmanning of him. Like yeah. he, he, he has a specific thing in mind and it shouldn't deviate from the plan because nothing deviates from the plan. Everything is the plan. But this is utterly unforeseen it's it's the ultimate like betrayal even though it's not really one guts is just trying to find himself he just needs some space because he's i don't i don't feel that he's intending to leave like forever or he needs to leave to like discover why he's leaving he's trying to find himself that's all it is um and that may you know for him that like that may be coming back later but it may not i mean he's just It'll yeah, I don't be think Guts be. knows. I don't think Guts knows exactly no. what he's looking for, but he just no. knows that he can't really do it under the thumb of mm-hmm. Griffith and the Band yeah. of the Hawk. And maybe you know, it, it's not out of the question that he could come back once he's found himself, and then he's able to feel like he can be the friend that Guff, that Griffith um, talked about, like that that person who is doing mm, yeah, their I own mean, dream that together. Yeah, I mean, that may be the way that Guts feels about it, but Griffith yeah. certainly is no, Grif- not amenable to that. He Grif- just views no, it as, no, 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 no. you're, you're yeah. leaving, you're showing even the slightest bit of disloyalty or doubt in me, and therefore we, we need to sit with with our lives. Yeah. You know, Which that's is, how intense Griffith feels it, about it. And you get that, yeah. but that, that goes against the things that Griffith was talking about in the first place. Where he specifically says, like, my uh, ideal friend may even be my rival who's going against me, against my own dream, to follow their own dream. I want that. But I don't think he's, like, capable of actually understanding what that means. Because this is what's happening. Guts is trying to Mm -hmm. go after his own dream, and that is, like, in opposition of Griffith. And not directly, but just enough. So this is a, yeah this because is a Guts is really dictating the situation. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's he's, all happening on Guts' terms, back. and then yeah. you know, there's a moment in the show where you know when this this uh, confrontation starts, there's a flashback to um, Griffith telling Kellen Guts. He says, "When you die is up to me." You know, yeah. just like really exerting this level of control over Guts that Guts is purposefully breaking away from. You know, yeah. and it's like. Griffith, you know, he he can say that he wants an equal and that he wants somebody who's willing to follow his own dream or whatever. But when it's actually happening and when it's, he's feeling this much. loss of control and yeah, this loss of um, who he considers to be a you know a great asset or perhaps even somebody that he has you know deeper feelings for, perhaps uh, he he really can't take it and losing no. is just in this and completely unacceptable to him yeah it's um it's a good scene it's important uh it's it's a great scene it's it's heartbreaking i mean because you this is the point where you realize griffith is not the 
he's not the force that he like purports to be. He's good, but he's a broken man on some level. And we've seen hints of that. Um, the movie does not give us this things that we need to like uh, really appreciate Griffith as a character. Um, but the, the, the TV series does that, like, I think v- rather well. Hmm. Yes. So agreed. the TV series basically f- for what the arc is ends here. Like it's, it's the kind of walk into the, uh, well, there's, he, there's, he a, there's a little, yeah, there's a little bit that, that yeah. um, wraps it up, which, uh, yeah, that was a thing. I'm watching this on the plane and I'm just like, I have to fast forward this bit because it's, <laughs> it's like just, eight minutes. So the person long. next to you is like, what? It's really long. Like, this goes on for a long time. So, oh, you. Yeah. So you Gr- mean Griffith, the, when he goes to Charlotte and all that? Yeah. It just, it was a long time. Yeah. I was like, I normally don't care. Yeah, it a, is. I'm it on is a very plane in a public thing going, I probably should. Like, I'll just. <laughs> but I'm trying to find the end of it. Like, it's not Yeah. Going. Yeah. It's so, still um, going. Yeah. Griffith it's is super. It, he's he's it starts. It starts out super yeah. weird. Yeah. He's inconsolable. It starts. Because he shows up at her window like a vampire or something, yes, and, <laughs> and he's already like, a pasty boy. In. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and, and basically, the, the, I don't know. It's almost like the thing is, he could have left. Like, if she rebuffed him, he would have gone. Yeah. I feel. I feel that the, the, mm-hmm. all the events hinged on like. I mean, it's Griffith's fault uh, ultimately, but. Some of it hinges on her just being so like starstruck with him and being she's a very young girl. Like I think she just became a became of age in, in the setting. Um but she right. like she gives consent to his 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 purpose of arrival because he's just a broken yeah, man barely. trying to like yeah, it's barely it's real weird it's it's, um, border, it's very borderline it's it's borderline mm, assaulty yeah kind of you know what i mean it's, like it's it's, skir- she, it's skirting the edge of this being like super not cool yeah she does she does ultimately consent you know like because he he does back you know, from unbuttoning her dress and all that sort of things, but yeah. she sort no, of he, like he, he she gives brings her his space to do that. Someone. Yeah, and then it's yes. just that's it's yes, a foregone thing at that point. Obviously, a little bit overwhelmed by by this whole situation, oh, and for, for sure. Griffith, you know, he's he's he is just go, he's wilding out right now. He's just using her. I mean, that's I think all this what's is. happening is that he has been he feels so emasculated by what just happened with guts that he is. His he sword was literally broken. Like they, a didn't, real urgency. they didn't even try to like yes. hide that. Yeah, well he he A feels a real urgency to accelerate his grand plan, which is to essentially marry into the royal family. Yeah. And B just sort of gain his I don't know, like his his mojo back, you know, yeah. by like exerting himself sexually over this girl. And so he's like acting out in this really intense, overbearing way towards her. Yeah, and it's out of character. I mean, it's not it's 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 not unexpected because of how we he's been framed in the past. Like we see why this would happen. Um, 
it's not good. It's unusually impulsive. <laughs> it's impulsive is what it is. Yeah. It's, not, it's outside of his plan. He's just done. He's done screwed up because that's literally what happens. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. But yeah, he, um, he, he does, he has sex with Charlotte and notably in the film, he, uh, is thinking about guts while he's doing so, which that's, it's a whole ball of worms. Yeah. That's... Uh, <laughs> and then it's a thing yeah um yeah it is a thing and then afterwards he's just uh he's just sit by the fire crying to himself like you do um yeah, yeah. he's not okay he, he, he knows this he's isn't really gonna end well okay. and he's like just like apathetic yeah. about it it's just like nothing is everything's just gone wrong um but guess what uh buddy it's about to get way worse because in the film, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, he, he gets confronted, um, by the royal guard or some form of the knights. Right. He's, he's um, actually spotted by the maid of the house, right? Like yes, she sees him. She, through she watched him through the yeah. keyhole. So she's, she's a peeping. But, um, yeah. So he, he's, he's arrested and, um, ultimately, uh, brought before the king in, like, the little freaky torture dungeon and the king is just livid uh, because we find out um through griffith's dialogue um that the king's attachment to his daughter is probably not a wholesome father-daughter thing and also the reason why um his very available Princess Charlotte has not been engaged previously, and she's made it all the way to adulthood, and is still just the Princess Charlotte, and not um, not being married off or used for some sort of political whatever. Uh, because potentially the king has designs on his um, daughter, and it's yeah. super gross. And yeah, it's basically confirmed yeah. by it. It's basically confirmed mm. because of the way that the king reacts to this accusation. He doesn't deny yeah. it. He's just sort of like no, looks just, surprised that. Yeah. He, yeah, he flips out and then like shreds Griffith with the whip. Like it's it's a lot of a lot of thing, a lot of torture. Um, Griffith, of course, is just so broken at this point. He's not even broken. He's just like despondent at this point. He doesn't even care. But he's not. Um, he's still aware of himself enough to like not let any of this affect him at least for now aside from just like getting ripped to pieces by a whip and then left to the devices of the freaky little torture man yeah he's just called the torturer (laughs) (laughs) this little person royal torturer uh, who comes in to take over yeah they just refer to him as the torturer and I don't remember if it's in both the um, TV series and the film, but the torturer takes a, a shine to the behalot because that's the only thing that's left on Griffith's body, who is just skyclad with the behalot, um, but tries to take it and it slips out of his hand, snaps off and like rolls into the sewer and is like just kind of left to drift. Yep, and uh, we have some idea of perhaps where that bailet yeah. may have gone. Perhaps I, I, I think so, sort of. Um, but yeah, I, Griffith—he's <laughs> he, wearing the bailet as he's nude 
as he's tortured. He's actually wearing it also while he's having sex uh, with Charlotte. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't come off. On. You know, it just stays on. Does not come off. I would have thought that they would have uh, removed it sooner in the torture process than this, but um, apparently not. And yeah, the um, the torturer is surprised, like Guts was before, that uh, the Behilet is in fact a living thing, and it like opens its eye, and he freaks out, and he drops it into the sewer. Yeah, and it's it's great because he's like, "Oh my gosh, I just oh darn, I dropped it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we should talk about um, there is. A- actually a uh, a little perhaps a little cameo at the end of this film uh when we see guts just sort of walking away from the scene yes a wagon um, he, he and, he's uh, out in the countryside and passes a wagon with a um yeah a little cage in it yeah uh-huh huh? yeah cage and, and uh, a little, there appears to a be little a buddy little fairy on the inside could it perhaps be our friend puck I think it's our boy Puck. I think so. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but yeah, and the other part of this is that the Band of the Hawk is indeed uh, ambushed by the Midland Army while Griffith is being tortured. Yeah, and, they get um, they get yeah. sent out um, under the... Um, ostensibly, it's for like a training, and they're all just like shivering on a, like a moor. Um, it's super cold. They have no weapons. They were told to just assemble. Um, they're a little like they're not really suspicious at first. It's more just why? Well, I guess we're doing some crazy training. Uh, Griffith sure likes to do crazy training, and uh, um, our boy Pippin, he he has the ears of, a, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. He's he's very good at listening to things, I guess. But uh, his ears perk up because he hears something, <laughs> and he's just basically. Like, we're under attack and they are surrounded by like all of the remaining Midland army. I guess it's a lot of uh, knights and they, again, if they had shields, I mean, technically they were told not to bring anything, but it's, it's still uh, just shields. Come on. But uh, yeah, they're just uh, (laughs) barraged by like flights of arrows and they, um, they, they're just being mowed down and Casca to her Testament again, is um, perfectly capable of rallying the troops and saying, hey, we're, no, we're going to attack. Like, form up, do the thing. This is what we do. We don't have weapons, but we'll just get some. Uh, and they they try to make their escape. And that's, I think, where it kind of ends. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's pretty much it. The TV series, um, it doesn't give us all of this. It, 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 it that 19th episode ends with guts. They have the battle. He walks off. And then I think it's credits roll. So we don't have the uh, torture scene. No. Oh yeah. We don't get that. Um, no, we don't get the bail it. We don't see puck. We don't see any of that in the, uh, in episode 19. It just yeah. pretty much ends with Griffith being apprehended by the Royal guards outside of Charlotte's room. Yeah. And some of it carries on into episode 20 and 21, I believe, but they, they deal with things outside of this arc. So we, we left those for, um, the, the final, um, advent slash eclipse, um, episode or film. So we'll get to that in two episodes time. Next episode, we will be looking into the manga, 
version of all of this and see what uh, might be different. So uh, that will likely be shorter than the over three hours we have just committed to. <laughs> so I hope you everyone enjoys <laughs> three hours talking of one um, section of this mini arc. I I enjoyed it. I think we had a good a good overall um, breakdown of the differences and the events uh, in Doldre and some of the character aspects that the the film didn't get into, but are highly highly necessary um, for understanding of, of what's going on. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Was there anything yeah. else you wanted to address before we we call this one? Um. Well, not really. I mean, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's things are really kicking into high gear at this point. Like some of the the central drama of the show is starting to become apparent. Allegiances are being severed, and uh, uh, pretty pumped to see where it goes next. But first, next week we will be. Taking a look once again, arc, but we're going to talk about just as we did on the last episode, the manga and how it differs from what we just saw in the film. Yeah, we'll 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 let you know in advance through likely the Twitter um, what volumes those are in particular because I don't know them off the top of my head, but we'll we'll get that yeah, to, out to you um, as things happen. Um, we've been, I think, fairly consistent in giving forewarning for about a week ahead of time. Uh, that will continue to be the thing. Um, our pacing, once we are finished with these arcs, which is pretty soon actually coming up, uh, will be back to two volumes um, per episode of the manga. Yes. Because we will have Indeed. moved past um, the films and the uh, TV series. So we're, we're also looking forward to that. It will be a little less long winded, but I think that we still covered everything mm, yeah. <laughs> in the time we needed to do to address it all individually. Um, that will, I think wrap us up for this episode. We will look forward to talking to you next week. And so for the last little bit of admin, um, Nick, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Should they choose to, give you a holler pretty much just twitter at strenuous orb excellent excellent and myself i'm also primarily on twitter at uh sentinel underscore plus and the podcast itself is berserk underscore pod the links will be in the show notes uh the show notes should be very small because there was only a film and a bit of the animated series so that will wrap us up for today and we will talk at you folks uh, in about a week's time so that's us I think signing off bye bye folks see ya <laughs>